folks, cha- I'm challenged. Challenge for you both, for you and me. Can we just do a normal intro? What if we just did a normal intro for once? What if we were normal for once in our fucking lives? Are you like reading verbatim the latest Mabim Bam intro to me? No. Because <laughs> that literally is the latest Mabim Bam intro. <laughs> I have not listened to Mabim Bam in like two years. Was our, was our last intro that bad? <laughs> no, but our last 17 have been. <laughs> Yeah, okay, that's fair. I just um, think, you, okay, I think that if we want to zag on our listeners, the most unlikely thing we could do would just be a normal one. You know, I'm going to keep all this in. Yeah, I do. That's why I'm saying Okay, it. all right, all right. Um, well, here, if you want to be normal so badly, how about you do the intro, Sarah? <clears throat> I, I, I entrust the future to you. Opa Gundam style, everyone. I'm Sarah. My pronouns are she and they. Fuck off, Craig. And I... <laughs> We've already fucked it up. <laughs> No, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. No, dunking on Craig is the most normal thing you can do in a podcast. Keep going. No, that was it. I stopped before I said it, and I will never believe that, because, again, that's... I have a Pavlovian reaction every time I say my pronouns. I say I will never believe it. Sure. <laughs> Hi, my name's Colin. My pronouns are they and them. Hi, my name's Mac. My pronouns are he and him, and I will never believe it. Oh, oh, well, you're zagging on us. I've zagged... But it's, it's, it's a respectful zag. Okay. Yeah, I will say, um, you know, I used to think I would never believe it, but now I know that I don't really know anything about Naruto. You don't know so how I, to believe it. I don't know if I don't believe it or not. Maybe I do believe it. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> NarutoQuiz.FunGeoCities or whatever the website was. Um, don't worry about it. <laughs> Just look at the previous You know what I do want to worry about? Oh, God. A lot of stuff to worry about here, huh? <laughs> I'm concerned. I am very concerned. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, by the way, this is Wow Cool Robot. It's a, a podcast about Gundams, and we had normal one this week. Absolutely yeah, normal. Totally normal one. Um, yeah, yeah. Just normal. fucking, we didn't certainly have an episode, we, and, and Colin and I were talking about this in our, in our little pre-show, and they were saying how normally, you know, it's the third episode of, of our batches that pops off. This takes about 60 seconds to pop off this week, in the very first yeah, it episode. Yeah, really, it really does, huh? Yeah. Um... And then we just we get some nice chill ones, you know. Uh, yeah, the last on two holiday. were like normal. Yeah, just I mean, a, a, you know, kind of we're between an arc right now. Uh, I'm sure they'll be totally, absolutely normal next week. Oh but... god, yeah, next week fucking grips activates. They're gonna soak it in water to get the tannins out or whatever activating is bigger than before. Bigger than before. That's what they've been doing to Crips. They've been soaking it in maple syrup to make it balloon bigger than before. It's, do you want me to summarize yeah. episode 37? Day of Dakar. So, with the help of Caraba, the pilot formerly known as Quattro Bagina breaks into the Federation Assembly and gives a speech. He says his name and broadcasts his ideology across the globe. Meanwhile, outside, Camille and Amaro are fighting a pitched battle against Jared's troops who are trying to break in and stop the broadcast. That's it. That's what happens. Normal. Really normal. Um, when when I um every every like five thousand miles or so. I have to sort of put in my my phone calendar to remind myself to uh, take my vehicle to my my trusted mechanic to get it serviced. And on on my on my calendar app, the date mm-hmm. it does say the day of Dakar. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> by Sarah. Ah, <laughs> oh, uh, oh, beans. Oh man. Ah, oh, dang it. Uh, hey, welcome to Wow Cool Robot, which is just me <laughs> and Max now. 
we we've decided to we've decided to to let go of the, all all the excess weight that was in our shuttle so we can reach the battlefield faster. Hi, I'm Sarah McCostumes. My pronouns are they and she, and I never want to hear that again. <laughs> This episode is fucking buck wild. Yeah. It's like oh. <laughs> So Jared's chasing uh the Garuda and then who and Humla. He's got a Gotha Doomla. Yeah, it's called um what's it called? Called the Gotha to me in all of my notes. He it <laughs> is a name. I don't remember he says a name constantly. I don't remember it's the name but of I the captain care. of that ship or the name of the actual ship, but like yeah, it's it's the Goth it's a Goth Garuda. I like it. Yeah. It is funny because he does. He does still have his crutch, uh, presumably <laughs> because his injuries were worsened by getting tossed down the side of Mount Kilimanjaro. <laughs> I'm like, not to spoil the rest of the show, but like the next episode, he has like further bandages on. He has I'm a like, head wound. This this man has been injured for like thirty episodes. He <laughs> is. He, doctors hate it. him. He can't die. <laughs> Like, Camille punched him in the face in episode one, and it's just been downhill ever since. Every Literally. time he, like, he like recovers from an injury, he just gets a worse injury. It's great. I think, do you think that it's a sort of Dragon Ball Z Zenkai situation where he continues to allow himself to get injured so he can further improve his abilities? I think he is mostly scar tissue at this point. Yeah. Like, every time he takes a step, his bones break and reheal. <laughs> every film, he's a shadow the hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, Jared. It looks like you're pr- walking pretty normal to me. <laughs> uh, once you've replaced as many cells in Jared, is he still Jared anymore? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Jared, Jared of Theseus. <laughs> God. Um. But yeah, he's he's chasing the Garuda, and they're basically they're heading to Dakar because it's gonna be. I for now, I'm gonna still say it's Quattro's trick for now. You yeah, know, the name of Quattro Bajinix, that's his name. Yeah. Um, and he's like, it's okay, we can go there, like, even though it's a sort of Federation zone, because uh Big Daddy Hymen says that we're allowed to, because he, I guess, runs Earth now. Yeah. And then meanwhile, uh in in the AU Caraba's Italian grill zone, uh Hayato <laughs> is telling Quattro he can't as much as he would like to, he can't take a mobile suit out to go, you know, uh uh, uh fight some people. Like he's got more important things to do. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's gotta be a big adult boy now. I don't know what could be more important than, like, sort of fighting this battle right now. Trying to find out what it is. Yeah. Well, apparently, apparently, they're telling us that there's, like, other ways to fight battles other than piloting mobile suits, and that's what Quattro Bugina is going to go and do. But I like that this scene, this little conversation between Quattro and Hayato, opens with Quattro's, like, up in the Hyakushiki, tinkering with stuff. He comes down and he's like, ah, you know, I still, it's a habit to maintain it, you know, love to maintain my Hyakushiki. Then they have this conversation, and then as it ends, there's just, like, nuts and bolts fall off Hyakushiki. Yeah, you know. Because, <laughs> he, you know, he, he did a good job. The, the show's leaning uh, into comedy a lot. I mean, more, I, I feel like that's probably intentional, but, like, a lot of unintentional comedy in these episodes, which I think is them sort of gearing us up for double Zeta. Yeah, it's definitely, I think uh, um, the animation team is having to kind of, like, keep their spirits up uh, as the show gets kind of darker and darker mm-hmm. and people keep dying. So, yeah, you know. Okay, speaking of the animation team, uh-huh. these episodes look like shit half of the time. This one in yeah, particular. Uh-huh, yeah. Like, the next conversation that, like, because like, Camille's here, Amaro comes talks to him and stuff. Amaro looks like 
Um, he looks like the wow cool robot face. Like genuinely looks like absolute shit. Yeah, I, I this is. I feel like this is like the anime thing, right? Because like we're we're about like I think like yeah, we're like a three quarters of the way through. So I think at this point they're sort of conserving their budget so they can go like balls out at the finale. I mm-hmm. feel like that happens with like most shows that do that. So I'll I'll allow it. You know, I'm okay. I I see it. It's fine. Also, we did get some like really good animation the past couple of episodes, so it's probably just like this is, you know, um, it's the refractory period. Yeah, at least a, uh, uh, you know, God, don't say the refractory period. <laughs> <laughs> it's on Quildine. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's like you know, um, I don't know what else we might get in this episode if we'll get some big pans over something, or if most of this episode is just going to be a single person like. D- delivering one speech or something who knows we'll find out um uh-huh, uh-huh. To, you know conserve on the animation budget but uh yeah like amro looks really weirdly lit and like uh it's lit, He's lit bro yeah. <laughs> i think i think the episode after this looks a little bit better mm-hmm. but then the the episode after that does it does kind of look kind of garbo half the time unless it's just a giant painting of the swiss alps that you're seeing on screen yeah i was gonna I say i was gonna say that they have to they put all their budget into like the background yeah um I, I think in this one it's just remarkable because like amuro looks like shit in this scene and then like 30 seconds later when he's talking to quattro bagina he j- is like perfectly crisp every hair in place absolutely amazing close-up on their face on like quattro's scar and it's just like the whiplash i'm getting here i think it might be because when he's with quattro bagina he sort of can he can handle quattro's vibes he knows what he's in for i think when he's with camille he's probably feeling fucking weird because um i guess camille is just totally fine can we talk about this? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. talk about the actual scene. What? Yeah. What? Okay. <laughs> Listeners, for those of you who don't remember, last episode ended with Camille clutching the corpse of his girlfriend, and now he's just, I'm doing great, sir. I'm ready to fight. Hello? Well, just, just, just ah. I mean, it's like, you know, he comes in and he's putting clothes on, and he's, he's, he does talk about, like, oh, like, nothing I'll do could bring four back. Amara's like, good shit. He's like, I'm working through my grief, blah, blah, blah. Um, and Amuro starts telling him, he's like, yeah, that's great. Like, it took Shar and me seven years to, to get to the place that you're at, which sort of implies that they're in any kind of good place, either of them. Right. I think, but- uh, the thing that's really, like, conveys for me is that Camille has bought into, bought into, like, the idea that, like, fighting is the way that they're going to solve this conflict in a way that Amuro and Shar never did. You know, because, uh, hmm. uh, like, Quattro is constantly talking about how he's a soldier, but, like, you still get the feeling that, you know, uh, he, as, as much as, like, fighting is the only thing that he really knows how to do, you still get the feeling that he still, like, thinks that fighting is, like, fundamentally kind of bad. And then Amuro is a baby child. Um, <clears throat> but it really feels like, you know, Camille's not a career soldier. Camille just, like, really to his bone understands that what he's what he is having to sacrifice is going to be worth it. And I feel like that's what fundamentally separates him from, from the other two. Okay. Yeah. Which I think, because Amuro says, like, he starts talking to Camille about, like, how war is necessary and the struggle for existence is blah 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 blah. But he's doing because Camille is like like I like why are we even fighting in the first place? And like mm. it's 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 a I think it's like a big picture small picture thing, if you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like it, Amaro is like, we gotta do war on the large scale because of reasons. Whereas Camille is like, I personally could fight for my friends. And it definitely like it dovetails nicely into, you know, 
when they start talking about Belter Chica as well and how like Amuro calls her an old type because she kind of uh, she uh, direct quote she forgets about the agony of the past and jumps into the next thing and I think that definitely kind of speaks to kind of you know part of this idea of what a new type is and how like Camille is is fitting into this and helping us flesh out this idea more is that mm-hmm. like Camille's not going to forget about what happened to four. Uh, even if he seems to be handling it well now, uh, you know, it's, it's not going to be like, that isn't going to be a, a, a thing in the back of his mind and a motivation for him for the, the rest of his life. And I think that's kind of what they're, they're getting at is that, you know, yes, Camille can continue to live after the, these traumatizing events, but he isn't going to forget about them. He's mm-hmm. going to carry that weight. Yeah. Ah. It, 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 it seems like what the show is sort of. I guess, like, honing in on the main concept of new types, at least in this sort of context for Zeta, is that, like, new types just, like, are able to, like, really have a grasp on their empathy. Which is Mm. sort of a weird point to make, I think, because it's, like, I I guess by the way that... Mostly Amuro explains it, because, like, Amuro talks in these very, like, black and white terms of, like, new types understand this and humans just don't, like, as a whole... And I feel like it's sort of weird because it's like, well, like, you know, a human. And, 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 and this isn't to say that the show straight up says that, like, new types are empathy. But it, it's mm-hmm. like um, the, the way he says it, it sort of implies, like, you know, like, yeah, a human couldn't feel the kind of empathy a new type could. Which maybe is true in the context of the show. But I guess, like, I don't know. I, I, I guess my point here is that, like, it's just weird seeing Amuro sort of talk in these black and white new type versus old type contexts. When, I guess, in real life reality, it's like... I mean, I, I, I guess my, my stupid point is that why is the anime in black and white when real life is morally gray, huh? <laughs> um, hey, you know, uh, how many more episodes of this anime do we have? Eleven. Okay, <gasps> yeah. I think maybe we'll get to the bottom of that question. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, <laughs> like, tell. I was going to say, like, I wasn't going to mention this until the end of the episode, but, like, because... Like, they're talking about Beltachica and stuff, and how Beltachica's kind of come around on the idea of war... Um, she's now less of a pacifist, and they, we know this because they say that she's gone down to Dakar to do some groundwork for their mission, and blah blah blah, we'll get yeah. to it. But then at the end of the episode, like, Camille and Beltachika are having a conversation, and they talk about how that they have, like, connected with each other, um, and this, it sort of implies that this is because of, like, Camille's new typeness, that they've come to understand each other, and then, like, Camille goes off on, like, little thoughts in his own little Camille brain, or mm. actually he might say this to Beltachika, about how, like, Oh, maybe through new types, like everyone can come to understand and connect with each yeah, other. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and he basically he's like, ah, it's time for me personally, me Camille Bidan, to begin the Evangelion Human Instrumentality Project. <laughs> um, is kind of the vibe I get from that one. So, uh, yeah, just connections. We'll we'll he, burn that bridge when we get there. Time. Yeah, you know, he is he is the new special boy. So, uh, he does get the he gets That's to true. go farther than Abro did last he time. He is main so. character, so we uh, yeah. we have to appreciate and support him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Amuro's taking him through the sand to the end of the new chap ride, and he's got to walk by himself from now on. Yeah. Uh, then Speaking we find of... out that uh, Quattro is glad that he gets to ride Amuro down to Dakar. Yep. Um... That's how he says it. <laughs> In Dakar, he says, quote, I'm glad it's you who's giving me a ride. Um, a lift would have been way too expensive from the atmosphere down to Earth. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Space Uber? Never. Mm, Amuro, thank you for giving me a ride. <laughs> That's, that's Quattro, that's, that's Quattro yeah. voice. That's, that's Quattro, that Quattro voice. voice. Yeah. <laughs> Famous Quattro voice. Um, yeah, because like... Quattro. 
Uh, yeah, Quattro talks about, he's like, oh, like, you know, I think if it was me piloting, I'm so nervous I'd just get shot down. Wonder what he's nervous about. <laughs> um, he's I nervous because th- yeah. he doesn't, he doesn't get, he, you know, he wants to fight, but he's not able to. That's why he's nervous. That's the main uh-huh, reason. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. He wants to fight with his body and Gundam body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Amro's like, you know, it's, you know, uh, people need war heroes, etc., etc. And Quattro's like, so you're telling me to play the role of the clown? <laughs> I, yes. My favorite thing, the best thing about these three episodes is, like, the clown metaphor and how I often know, it's brought it's, up. It's so often. It, like, it's great. It's like... It just seems that Quattro considers Char to be a clown. He's right. He is right. Yeah. <laughs> Un- undeniable. Um, and that's, yeah, like, the, he doesn't really say much. He do, you know, we still don't really get the full sort of what's going on. It's just, you know, everyone's speaking in vague terms. I mean, we can, like, figure it we out. Can ex- we can extrapolate, but I'm gonna I'm just going to pretend I'm going to live inside my own mind for a couple more minutes at least. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. Um, I think it's, I like that Amaro is, like... Yeah, Quattro, or he probably calls him Char because it's Amaro. He's like, it's your turn to take center stage. We, Mm -hmm. you and me, are still acting out the same old script. Which, I don't know, like, there's things to unpack there, I guess. Um, But just kind of Char, Quattro ends the conversation by just being like, Amaro. With, like, big old close-up of his face, big old, like, his fringe is parted just in the right place to show his little scar. Um, kind of speaking to that history, so just, just, just some interesting stuff here. This is also at the point at which the animation was actually spectacular. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's good close-ups. But yeah, there's just like a lot to think about with their relationship. Um, Much to think about, and where they've been. Um, with kind of Amuro having been the Federation's special boy in Double Seventy Nine, I guess. I feel like I have a lot more to say on their relationship at the end of this episode. Yeah. Because that was yeah. a part that genuinely like like warmed my heart completely. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we'll get there. Yeah, um, Shark, get in the robot. Let's go to Dakar, baby. Let's go, yeah. baby. Uh, as this happens, we 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 pan we cut over to Earth um, or the ground, I guess, because they're still on Earth. And oh, fucking ev- fucking everyone's favorite, Bill Torchica's here doing yeah, her she's, thing. She's driving around. We found out that they've taken over the communication network in Dakar. Who knows yeah. what they're going to use that for? Mm-hmm. Um, what positive thing about Beltorchka are you going to say, Sarah? I quite I like cooler Beltorchka. I do like cooler Beltorchka, you're right. I think that Beltorchka removed from the context of Amuro, she's actually fine. That's the thing. Yeah. That's she's the thing. Fine. When she's not next to her boyfriend, she's like a totally different person. Yeah. yeah, she's normal, capable. She wears sunglasses, so therefore she's better. Yeah. It's it's mostly the sunglasses doing the legwork here. Yeah. I mean, they're doing a lot of lifting, but, you know, there's a lot of lifting to be done here. Listen, <laughs> if, you're, if you're going to wear sunglasses, you need to do a lot of lifting. That's how you get the big, giant ideology arms. <laughs> yeah! Um, but yeah, she she's her, like, cover identity is a reporter called Karen Russell. Oh, yeah, that's right. She is a reporter. Uh, they don't trust her fake ID, though. Um, and uh, they get horny at her. And it sucks. <laughs> uh, I think that they don't give a shit about her fake ID. They're just kind of being like, oh, this this doesn't check out. But maybe you can make it up to us while, like, sexually harassing her. Yeah. Um. Um. But then a Titans boy comes over and tells them to Adis. shut the fuck up. Yeah. And they get, in, they get into a fist fight. And, uh, yeah, eventually somebody's like, you can't shoot him. He's a Titan. Stop doing that. And, uh, yeah. He gets into Beltajika's jeep and they drive away. <laughs> yeah, I think his name is Odis. Odis, A D D I S. Oh, O D D I S. Whatever. All all day dream eye soccer. 
Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I love Adidas. He's you know a really <laughs> undersung minor character. <laughs> I, I will say, I will say, I will say, mm-hmm. I will hand it to a Titans person this once that who isn't Jared because he did effectively use boy power to prevent any untoward behavior toward Beltorchica. Yeah, like, like he he come like for for only being in this episode. Spoiler alert! Uh, yeah, <laughs> big 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 impact on the kind of plot and meaning of things here. I li- I re- like it's. It's meaningful to me. Gundam does a really good job of this, I think, of introducing characters for an episode or two. And, like, they actually are important. And they're one-offs, but they're, like, one-offs who actually, like, do something tangible to the plot. That, like, you're like, damn, good writing. And they they always feel like they have a solid separate personality. Like, they're not just, like, a a stock character design they pulled out out of a fucking file folder and just slapped out and gave to somebody to voice act for. Like... This, oh, yeah. guy, this guy feels fully formed in this episode. His yeah, fucking because... chin is fully formed, to tell you what. <laughs> he has negative forehead. I can't handle it. <laughs> yeah. He has he, the, he world's, the world's most powerful underbite. Yeah. But, like, yeah, because he's introduced as, like, oh, a guy who has morals and a guy who cares about things, who may be with the Titans and believe in the Titans ideology, but is a good person, because check it out, he's prevented a woman from being sexually assaulted. I'm, I'm very geometry woman right now. <laughs> um... Yeah, I like Goddess. Um, yeah, we cut next scene to the Audumla is under missile fire. Um, Amaru is gonna give Quattro a lift. Down. Do you like to hear Quattro be like, I trust your ability, Amaru? Like to hear that. They're in love. Yeah. They're in love. They're boyfriends. We've been saying yeah. this. Yeah, no, we, we also cut to, to, like, Jared is here to cause problem on purpose. Yeah. Um, we I find we see so that. Much. Odis is a pilot. He pilots our favorite mobile suit, the Ashamar. Yeah, his CO doesn't let him get into the inner tube, though, because he's got a fractured shoulder, which is kind of wild. Uh, but yeah, uh, so his, his and, boss and, and, takes and w- off. When, when, his, when his chief tells him not to, he's like, but Jared has broken, like, at least 100 bones and he's allowed to. Why can't I? <laughs> How come Jared gets two fractures? <laughs> I, I, I gotta say, Colin, I bet you loved, like, just the sheer amount of Ashmar content in this episode. Uh, you know, it's... It is kind of starting to grow on me. Again. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm sickos.png right now. You, you can... I, I still don't like the overall profile, but, like, you know, you get a you get a lot of, like, the look at the head of it, and they have a little, like, Dom head inside I was gonna say, now. they have the Dom, the, the sort of, um... Oh, what's it called? The mask you use in, in um... In 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 kendo, it's that the it's little grid, ma- the little grid. But it's it's like that's I I, I remember hearing from Mobile Suit Breakdown that that's what the Dom is based on, like mm. kendo armor. Okay, yeah, I remember yeah. that. I I I get I I wouldn't jump to that as a person who has worn and been hit in the head, uh, wearing them before. <laughs> well, it's because you got hit in the head and forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I could see that. Okay, <laughs> I mean, I look, I trust Mobile Suit Breakdown. They're far smarter than I could ever hope to be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they, and like Amaro lands in the DJ, the DJ, DJ Amaro dropping yeah. in. He, he pops uh-huh. Quattro out. Quattro gets into the Jeep with Beltorchica and they're both like, they're, look, it's a really yeah. fucking cool shot of like them driving away from this big ass mobile suit and they're both wearing sunglasses. It's like, it's just a, one perfect shot. I love it yeah. so much. Yeah, for, love, for sure. Love for to sure. have mid-length blonde hair, sunglasses, and drive away from explosions. <laughs> yeah, keep growing the hair, Max. You'll get there one day. Like if you didn't know any better, you would think it's Sharon, or yeah, you would think it's Sharon Sela. 
Listen, I mean, Beltorchica, she is, she's cool now. We like her because Amaro is nowhere near her. That's true. Yeah. Uh, she's also doing espionage, so therefore she must have sunglasses. And also she's driving, and sunglasses were partially invented for driving, as we all know. Exactly. You this, told us listen. this. This actually explains why um, Rekua failed the two big espionage missions that we saw her going on screen. Oh, and it's because she didn't have, she didn't have sunglasses. Mm, okay. Man, yeah. just seeing 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 a cool blonde girl makes me miss Sayla. I wonder what she's up to. Yeah, who yeah. knows? Um, sure, we'll never find out. Beltachica says the fun line to Quattro Bajuna. She says, "Ah, all that's left is to get you behind a podium." I wonder what he has to say. Maybe he's gonna give a he's gonna give a stump speech. The only <laughs> yeah, way to de- yeah. the only way to defeat the Titans is to vote. Yep, that's what he says. Maybe. <laughs> so. um... um. Yeah, sorry, Colin. I think it's hitting a little too close to home. Um. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. We'll get to that at the end of the episode. Uh. He's taking a big sippy there. Amaro also says the line of, oh, we have to hold off the enemy mobile suits until after Char's address. I wonder what he has to say. What's his address? Where does he live? I want to send him some fan mail. Uh, uh, um, 69 Cool Street. Yeah, I was trying to say an address, but the only address that popped into my head was Colin's address, and I didn't yeah, want to say it. You were going to do a funny doxing on the on air. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't let you do that. I had to jump in. I had to throw <laughs> myself in front of the bullet. Thank, Thank you for you. not doxing me. Uh. <laughs> Listen, I sent you so much shit. I basically know your address. Uh, they end up making it to um, the big sort of like parliamentary hall in Dakar. Um, they so, do well, get there into car. They're in, she drives no, them. They're, they're into jeep. Um, yeah. I'm oh, sorry. They get they get there and like we sort of see all the the, the men in suits inside saying that we should have like we should postpone this. Like there's like gonna be a battle going on outside. This is this is bad news, chief. Um, and they bu- they bust through. They they burst in. And at this point, like Beltorchica has a pistol, and I think like some dudes in the crowd are also like Caraba plants, yeah. and they pull out pistols too. Um, it just seems kind of rude for them to bring guns to this sort of peaceful, um, you know, just like, just TED Talk, I guess. But I'm uh, sure they have, listen, I they have a good reason why Here's they the thing. If they didn't, then all of these uh, frumpy old men would just walk out and then who the, they wouldn't be forced to uh, experience what they're about to experience here. What are they Sometimes, about to experience yeah, here? You know. Yeah. The only thing they're here to, sh- here to shoot is some sick footage with their TV cameras, yeah. which are here. Um, so yeah, um, Quattro, Quattro is wearing his, like, slick, kind of beige tan trench coat at this point. Yeah. He runs forward, like, just, just going at it, rips off the trench coat to reveal a blue suit underneath. And I just, I just, I just want to point out, um, that we've seen him wear this blue suit before. Not in, not in, not in, not in Zeta Gundam, but let me just, uh, upload this, uh, this image from 0079. Baby... Okay, Baby but no, um, you, you posted a picture of Char, not Quattro Vagina, though. Is I'm sorry, purposeful? I think you find I posted a picture of Kasval. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, sorry, Colin, that's clearly Kasval Rem Daikun. I don't know okay, who you're talking yeah, about. Okay, yeah, excuse me, excuse me. Uh, or possibly fucking Edward Mass, or whatever the fuck. You got it, yeah. Edward Mass. Um... Oh my god. <laughs> he's wearing his, he's gone back to his roots. He's wearing his baby clothes again. Yeah. So he shows up at the podium. Uh he says, I am Lieutenant Quattro Bagina of the AUG, at which yeah. a bunch of people immediately are disgusted at that or yelling. I don't know. I'm um, simply nodding. I know that I he's Quattro Bagina. He said they're it. They're yelling now. 
Uh, and then he says, there's one thing I must disclose before I begin. <laughs> I am the man previously referred to as Shar Asnabel. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Yo! Just, oh, real Gundam hours. Who up? I mean, that that's pretty much what the UN says, because, yeah. like, everyone's yelling, and then everyone just kind of yells some more. Someone's like, Zeon's <gasps> Red Comet? Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then he's he's also like, and I am the son of Zeon Daikun. And everyone's like, he's the fucking son of Zeon Daikun? Like, we're just taking it, we're putting everything out there. There are no mysteries anymore. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, God, what a way to start a speech, right? <laughs> just ass fully out there. This man cast, has never been seen. fully out there. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he starts delivering uh, a big, long speech about his his personal philosophical ideology, um, about how humans went to space so that Earth would not collapse under the under the weight of their civilization, uh, that the Zabi family like incorrectly believed that uh, that they enhanced humanity, and that we can't repeat the same mistake twice, but uh, humanity does have to leave their cradle so that, you know, uh, we can flourish and restore the Earth to its proper, like, beauty and health and and flourish as a species out in space. And it's the, uh, you know, uh, only by doing so and finding peace and, and you know, uh, uh, going into the rest of the Earth sphere and going out into space will humanity, like, find their, you know, the, the next... Uh, part of their path going forward and that it's more than just like a, a simple like oh space people are better thing it's about like this journey that humanity has to go on as a people it's really it's good you know, you know it's, it's really good. really yeah. good yeah like he he sort of sprinkles in like the, the sort of like you know vague political allegory of like you thought the zombie family was bad check out the titans here yeah and, and a lot of it is like like you know extremely like we, you know, we need to do this, like, not only to save humanity, but to save the Earth, who's, like, just essentially being choked by, like, civilization. And he's like, you know, the desert's encroaching on Dakar, like, it's gonna be gone someday, like, we have to do something about all this. This is why you have to vote against the Titans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it's like the, throughout this whole speech, because, like, he starts it, and it, it's kind of in, it's basically in the background for, like, two-thirds of the episode. Oh, yeah, it's great. Um, just kind of on and off while we cut between it. And, like, at first, like, because he introduces him, he says, says, hi, I'm the man formerly known as Sharaznable. Um, which actually literally does not say, I am Sharaznable. He says, I am Quattrubugina. I uh, used to be Sharaznable. Does not say he's Sharaznable. Just want to just wanna throw that out there. But Cons- Consider this. I don't give a shit. I'm calling him Shar from now on. He is, um, he no, is performing Sharaznable at this point. Uh- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Shar passing. Yeah. I made this joke in, um, in, in Discord, but, like, he is the artist formerly known as Shar Asnable, and he goes by the symbol on the Hakushiki shoulders. <laughs> yeah. He's the 100 emoji at this point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, no, but like what I was going to say, um, you know, he introduces himself and everyone starts yelling, and we cut to like the Titans break room. Everyone's being like, what? He's the son of the Daikin? What the fuck? Turn that shit off. And like everyone, <laughs> when his speech starts, everyone's just yell- yelling and-, and losing their shit. And like no one is listening to him, and it like, what it what I thought I was like oh fuck like everyone's just gonna be like busy like yelling over him no one's gonna be able to listen to him because they're too busy losing their shit about the fact like all the headlines are just gonna be Shar gives speech and none of the content of the speech is gonna be in there oh no oh no this is gonna but like just like as the episode goes on and like the speech continues like people kind of get 
raptured by it. Like, just this man has a charisma of twenty three. I was really, af- I was really afraid as the speech was starting that it was going to mm-hmm. be like the dinner with Papa meme, where <laughs> Char made twelve speech for all six new types, and I'm the only one who showed. Yeah. Uh, oh man. Well, I think not to get too far ahead past some stuff because there is a thing we are going to want to immediately talk about here in a second. Um, but you know, as as things kind of play out, I think that's why it's so important and like why Belter Cheek is actually really cool in this episode is yeah. because she is yeah. like you know active. She's she's the person who is making sure that this thing is being recorded and broadcast everywhere like it's it's not just the people in Dakar that are watching the speech like you know we find out at you know uh you know at at the beginning of what like the third episode or or whatever that you know they they recorded like this whole or no the beginning of next episode they found out Mm -hmm. that like you know a Mm -hmm. bright has a recording of it from from you know a space broadcast and that kind of stuff and she's like actively like you know telling the camera people it's like all right cool yeah no we're we're gonna keep broadcasting sharp speech but go get footage of the titans like blowing the entire city up right now like that's like you know they they know that it just like Shar's speech is just as important as showing like the the like oligarchical like rulers of the federation reacting badly to it and showing the titans reacting violently to it like Mm -hmm. uh it's it's very smart it's it's good i like it i like to see it um hey who's uh you know who else is listening to the speech though like maybe via radio who's just kind of like chilling silently like listening to the speech go off oh camille's listening to the speech in his mobile suit Oh, uh, oh yeah, he's yeah, just yeah. listening. It, he likes it. Uh, anybody else? Mm-hmm. Anybody else just listening to the speech out there? Maybe next to next to an ocean with like a nice breeze. Where the fuck does she live? Does she live in like on the Mediterranean or something? Um, presumably Probably. somewhere, somewhere where rich people live. Uh, it's it's fucking Sayla. Yeah. Hey, Sayla, get iPad. <laughs> Sayla, get iPad. She doesn't. I think we already talked about why she doesn't say anything because yeah. her voice actor. Um, but like, I don't like. She's here. We see her. Yeah. I'm very happy about it. And just again, like. Yeah, like, they couldn't put any animation into Amaro. He's not worth any animation, but just, like, the skill of Sailor's, just, like, the expression on her face. I've never seen anyone look so sad and so kind of joyous and sad and just so at the same time. There's just, like, so much going on. Like, they've just done it without without any voice acting. Um, It's pure emotion. Carly Rae Jepsen's emotion... (laughs) They're all here in Sailor. They're Sailor's emotion now. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, not I. I do not want to spoil uh, the eventual reveal of what Sailor's whole deal for the past like twenty or fucking years, however long it's been, is mm-hmm. seven, whatever. Eight. Um, yeah, uh, twenty seven. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, you you do kind of get the 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 feeling. You know, she she's an adult now. She she has this nice little villa. Um, you know, she's keeping up with a broadcast about a, from, you know, the, the, the Federation assembly. And so I think it's safe to say that like, you can assume that she's kind of doing the same thing that Quattro had been doing where she's not a soldier. Like maybe she's working as like a, a, like a diplomat or an administrator or something like that, but it's mostly like like, a environmental NGO or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. But is like mostly tried to stay ignominious, like isn't walking around saying, "Yes, I'm the daughter of Zeon Daikun," and I feel like the thing that really like the the sadness is like her 
knowing that like Shar doesn't want to be Shar. Shar doesn't want to be the mm-hmm. son of Zeon Daikun. He just wants to he wants to sit in a little corner and help out in the ways that he can. And like the last thing that he wants to do is become this kind of performative hero like leader. Uh and and you really do like from watching her reaction, it definitely sells how much like Shar does not want to be doing this but is. Which is just great yeah. it's fantastic we love to see it <laughs> once again it's the bug bunny god forgive me i have to go back to the old me <laughs> yeah it, it's it's like sila out of anyone understands that being char is being a clone remember when char sent her like a whole suitcase full of gold bars in 0079 <laughs> <sighs> i wonder what she did with those uh <laughs> impossible to say it's really fucking good i love this episode so much yeah um, but yeah, we cut back to Camille, who's been listening to this speech. Uh, he, like, sees some Ashimars. Um, blah, blah, blah. Enemies are coming. Um, uh, the other person who's listening to the broadcast is Jared. My boy! Yeah. And, like, so I love this, because uh, Char's there talking about, like, oh, we have to go to space, blah, blah, blah. Um, and Jared is like, but that's what the Titans are about. And then Char's immediate le- next line is, but the Titans are doing it wrong and bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. It's like he's like targeting him. Yeah. He's like, why must we, uh, why must humanity fight further against itself to, to pollute the earth? And Jared's just like, Jared's one single brain cell activates and is like, we need to stop fighting them and we need to go blow up the communication tower. <laughs> yeah, he, he does not, he, he is looking away. He does not see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He's just, yeah, Char has tickled his uh, Get Mad node, which is very easily tickable. Wait, that's which that's is, not it, a That's feat. his whole brain. Yeah. That's, that's all that's left of it at this point. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he, he ends up rolling out. He's like going to take out the fiber optic cable that's broadcasting this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and the next scene is, I really, really like this scene. Even it's, it's, it's a very like performative scene, I'll say, but I just still like it nonetheless, where we see Camille being chased by two Ashimars. And he's like, I don't want to fight you. I don't want to fight you. Just listen to the broadcast. And one's, and like, one's starting to target him. So he has no choice but to shoot it down. And he like sort of notes that it's falling towards the city. And the other Ashimar like dives down and like, also realizes this and tries to stop it. Yeah, because the, the, at some point in the episode, someone did. Someone was like, oh, engage them. But remember, we are above the city. So be careful of stray shots. Don't damage the city. So like they do have orders to not hurt the city. Yeah, they're effectively in like a DMZ at this point. Since it's like, I guess, like explicit Federation territory. Um, but, you know, it doesn't matter. So, he, the one is being shot down, and, like, the other Ashmar is trying to hold it up and push it, but, like, it's not working. So, Camille eventually, like, has to fly back down and help, too. And the guy's like, whoa, but you're you're the enemy. Is this, um, is this Adis? This yeah. is Adis. Yeah, this okay, is yeah. Adis, yeah. yeah. And Adis is like, but you're the enemy. And Camille's like, I didn't want to fight. Like, just, you know, listen listen to the broadcast. And he, like, fucks off. Yeah, because like, Otis is like, whoa, whoa, like, I've got questions for you, boy. And Camille is like, <laughs> if you want them answered, just listen to the broadcast. At which Otis, like, does turn Char's speech back on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which, like, and, like, later on, we do cut to Otis, like, having, like, listened to the whole of this speech is, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, doing He's thinking emoji. about it. Yeah. 
Well, meanwhile, Jared comes out in a John Cena-shaped robot. Oh. God. <laughs> it, has, it, ha- it unfortunately has Donald Trump hands. It is very, very tiny hands. I don't know if that's like a sort of the, a product of the weird animation of these episodes, but it has, the, the, the BR line has like just the fucking tiny oh, little, yeah, no. little yellow thingies. It's, it's, it has the weirdest arms ever designed for a mobile suit. <laughs> no, it looks a lot like um, Starscream from the Michael Bay Transformers movies. It does. <laughs> it's just a Dorito. It's an upside down Dorito. Yeah, it's wedge of cheese shaped. Uh, mm, it's, yummy. Okay. So this is the this is the robot which has its shoulders are like its entire wingspan basically. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, John it's Cena, like yeah. Da Vinci for Trivian Man, except the T pose part is just shoulder, and then there's hand again on the end of that. Yeah. Trivian suit. <laughs> for Trivian suit, and it's like it's got like a like a kind of like two mile wide thigh gap. Yeah, it's 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 peak performance. Yeah, I don't really know how many times I need to say yes. You are just describing John Cena. This is what it looks like. <laughs> the only the only problem is Kong. We can see it. It's um, it's, just, it's, just, it's just sick looking. Yeah. Also, I've looked it up, and unfortunately, it's not an animation error. It just does have comically small hands. Yeah, it has the tiniest little fangy hands. Uh, little manipulators. Uh, but yeah, they're getting into fights and stuff, and uh, eventually, um, uh, our boy, our boy Adidas, comes in to save Camille from Jared um, in a, a stunning display of, of abandoning the Titan's cause. Very good. I, th- I think b- b- before he does that, he does, like, knock a Hyzak out of the way beforehand. Like, th- there was one, um... Because, like, what what happens here is, like, a, a Hyzak's chasing Camille, and, like, Adidas, like, sort of, like, shoots it away. And he's like, nah, listen to the fucking thing. Come on, <laughs> I'm doing it. Why don't you? Yeah. Um, And, th- and then, like, I think Camille finds another downed Hyzak and, like, he, like, shoots it, and it doesn't blow up, but it's, like, resting against a building. And then Jared shows up and, like, pins Camille. Yeah. Yeah, because that was the point at which I got, like, a full proper look at the... At the, the Bjarlan. Br- br- Brylark. And John, just John, kind it's of, just called John Cena. Yeah. John Cena. And just, uh, I just, I drew a little picture of it because I just love to see it. It's just so weird. God, Sarah, uh, you're going you're gonna to lose your shit when you see a later robot. <laughs> Um, but sorry, I kind of vagued out because, like, I just I got to a part of my notes where I'm just commenting on how comfortable Char looks on the podium at this point. I know he's really into this speech. Like, you can tell he believes it. Yeah, like he- it just uh, we've never really seen him say something that he completely believes to be true. Probably. Um, and I just I've like and again I've commented that the fact that like he's when he starts off the speech he's like yeah I, I used to be charitable blah 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 and then the point at which he starts to like get comfortable and get into it is when he says do not think of me of, of do not think of me as Char of the Principality of Zian but rather as the son of Zian Daikun and it's just like that being his actual ideology and him just saying the things he actually believes and he just like he's up there like the uh, fun image of the smug podium man that I posted in chat earlier. It literally is him. And yeah, because like at this point, I also Bill Tachika has uh, gone outside. She is filming uh, the the, the uh, Titans attacking, and like this is projecting onto the inside of the UN building. And he's just mm-hmm. Shar's just standing in front of the projector that shows the Titans being shitty and just being like, "You seeing this?" I fucking what did I say? I told you. I'm, are you seeing this? Um, Titans fucking. You love to see it. You love to see it. It's so good. 
But yeah, speaking of the Titans sucking, uh, <laughs> the most Titan of all, Jared, the most sucking, what's he doing? The Titanist Titan. Kong? Um, you know, getting team kills. Just, you know, <laughs> he kills Adidas. Uh, <laughs> very, very sad. Yeah. He also shoots the uh, the assembly building in the fighting as well. Uh, yeah, it seems significant that, like, the shot that fucked everything up was just, you know, Jared being... Because he said, what did he, what does he say? Yeah, he says, Jared, yeah, um, because Adidas comes and, like, stands in front of him and is like, ho, don't do this, like, we gotta, we should vote in the assembly instead of fighting and shooting things. (laughs) Like, he literally basically says that. And the thing that Jared says is, we have the power, like, no, we're not gonna do that, we have the power, and therefore we have the right, and shoots him. And, like, that is the shot that kills him, that is the shot that, like, impacts the assembly building and starts the real shit to kick off. It's quite a shot, like and Jared. It's, it is. It's also the shot that like gets people to realize, oh, maybe the Titans kind of suck ass. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Yeah. It turns out that you need a literal giant robot to shoot the electoral system for people to understand that maybe it's not uh, always gonna save people like they think it will. <laughs> I'm looking directly at my calendar at November third. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, then like, you know, inside Char is like, like the building is collapsing and Char is just so calmly standing at the podium, still being like, look, the Titans are doing this. Are you seeing this shit? I was right. I was right. He's not saying that. He's saying actual words, but. Yeah, he might not like being Char, but he sure fucking loves to pontificate right now. Hmm. It's just, oh. It's, it is beautiful. Like, and like, again, Beltorchik is doing good because like. Like, at some point, like, a shot literally hits, like, the balcony that she's on, like, next to her, and she's just fine. She doesn't move at all. Like, I will hand it to her this once. It's because she's wearing sunglasses. Um, But, yeah, like, eventually they have to, like, leave the building as everyone's running out. And, like, two other Ashmar show up, and they're like, yo, Jared, we got to get out of here. We have the order to retreat. Like, public, our public, he pulls out a little graph that he just printed out, and the public public opinion meter is going down. It's, like, plummeting. (laughs) And then, like, we see, like, people... We start cutting over to, like, different, like, places just, like, sort of around the world watching this broadcast. And, like, we're at a bar. That's a nice, smoky, dingy bar. Can I, can I, before we get there, like... Yes. The way that Jared gets taken out, like... Cause oh, it's he's good, yeah, yeah. sitting there, like, fully yelling. Like, he's yelling, no one stands in my way, and he's going at it. And then two Ashamars immediately appear and stand in his way. It's really funny <laughs> <Yeah>. to me. <laughs> like, because he's on TV, like... Being the he's the true clone of this episode. Yeah, he's God. He's such. A, I love him so much. Oh, yeah. Then we cut to some reactions. We're at a, we're at the same bar that Shar went to in episode twelve of W seventy nine. After he killed Garma. <laughs> After he killed Garma. Uh, who's here? Who's taking a fucking sip? He's taking such a good sip. He's so calm right now. Oh yeah, I guess um yeah. Kai's what hanging out with like a bunch of other uh, uh Luo and company like uh quote unquote journalists. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. they're all they're all like you know oh it's you know it's one thing or the other like da 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 and just, uh, Kai's not having any of it. <laughs> There's good like background sort of extras noise of just people in the bar like everyone's everyone in the entire world is talking about this speech being like yeah but who cares we're all murderers in one way or the other let's just fucking go to space like it's just fun boys will be boys (sighs) yeah boys will be boys space noise will be space noise okay i do honestly though love the fact that like fucking you know only but a few episodes we heard uh char say 
I've never betrayed anyone. And then to have a bunch of fucking, like, you know, espionage journalists in a fucking bar say, oh, hey, that's Shar Asdabel who killed many people and betrayed them. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, those aren't the background things we get in the dub. I love that. I love that. Um, we also, yeah, we get uh, Kai's Big Sippy. Uh, we also get another shot of Sela at the coast. Like, she kind of sits down and looks kind of even more just like so wistful. Wistful, yeah. <sighs> um, when will my brother Eduardo Mass return from the war? <laughs> <laughs> Eduardo God. Mass is fucking dead. <laughs> I don't even know what this fool is anymore. He can't come to the phone right now. <laughs> Eduardo Mass died in a, uh, a shuttle accident. Only Char Asnavel survived. Uh. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then we sort of, I like, we, we cut to like the aftermath of this, where they're all back in, um, I guess, the Outhumla. Yeah, they're in the green room. They're backstage. They're in, the show's they're in the, over. <laughs> backstage in the green room. Um, I, Beltorchica is like getting congratulated for doing one thing. Yeah. Oh, fucking. She becomes insufferable, insufferable yet again. Like she, we handed it, we handed it to her once, and now we are taking it away from her because she yeah. says the worst line. It's, oh, it's gosh, because so she's around Amara. We've proven this, uh, right? No, yeah, ugh. and she's like, like you know, she gets a kiss, and she's like, "Is that all I get?" And Amara's like, "Not in front of everyone." I'm just like, "Can you not? What Can the fuck was she asking this? for? Fuck off!" Like it's like. I don't want to know. Even, I don't even want to joke about this because it's just like so stupid and like not not gross, but it's like I just don't want to be like, wow, I saved the day. Can we bone now as a reward? It's like, can you fucking calm down? This isn't high school. Okay, but does everyone remember <laughs> that cursed weed lord Vegeta post? Show's <laughs> over. <laughs> That's all. We're not even gonna bother finishing Zeta. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you're no, we're gonna miss the best part. You know, Hayato congratulates Shar and Amuro congratulates Shar too for invigorating Ayug. Um and you know, Shar talks about how uh um you know he kind of like laments losing his freedom. Uh uh and uh Amuro makes the funny joke of maybe human sacrifices run in your family, which yeah. is kind of a heavy one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But Char is like laughing. Cheers, I'll drink to that, bro. <laughs> yeah, he's like, hell yeah, bro. Hell yeah, bro. Remember when my dad was assassinated for being a political dissident? <laughs> anyway, let's slam this Jaeger, homie. <laughs> hey, they slam the Jaeger, homie. They're bros. Simply They're bros. bros. I love this scene so much. It is like, mm. I mean, I I do know that there's a movie where where Amuro and Char may or may not have a sh- have their final showdown, but like, I like this moment where they're just buddies. Yeah. It makes it's me happy. very good. Yeah, it's yeah. very very good. And I like the the, the the prefacing of it is that just like Char is in the green room, like kind of being like, "Yeah, thanks everyone," but just he just like dramatically leaves halfway through a sentence, and like the one person who everyone knows is the only person that can go after him is Amaro, uh, and just they have this moment of understanding that they know. They're they're just they're simply vibing. They're simply bros. <laughs> they they simply understand each other. They're simply Anikis. Okay. Oh man, y'all, we've been we've almost done an hour just on this. Yeah, well, episode. it's because oh. the, the, the next the next two, I feel like we're you know we might be able to. There's not a whole lot there. Um, yeah, I think I can summarize the next one pretty yeah. quickly. Well, the, the this one basically <laughs> ends with uh, the sort of aforementioned scene with Bell uh, with Camille yeah, and Portica. Sort of, yeah, Ta- they're like they're friends now, and it's like this whole basically like oh I'm new types so we're friends, and Camille is like yeah I wish we could connect everyone even the dead I'm a new type by the way. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm certainly not processing some things right now regarding death. Uh yeah, yeah, it's certainly not a case of although I I be I have been saying that like nothing I can do can bring four back. Maybe I can go visit her on her Animal Crossing island wherever that is. Maybe I maybe all I need to do to get better is to find the Millennium Cube so I can take my Gundam <laughs> interdimensionally into the death realm and hang out with my girlfriend. Camilla just needs to find the eighth Millennium item. <laughs> the key. Oh, watch Watch Dark's Side of Dimension. Watch Dark Side. It's the only movie ever made. <clears throat> also, Max, you know you're gonna have to retweet the uh, Weed Lord. Vegeta tweet onto the Wow Cool Robot Twitter account so that our listeners can know about the joke we made. Colin, what's the next episode called? Rekua's Shadow. Uh, so, Jared continues to chase the Adhuma as uh, Camille and Char prepare to escape back to space. Amuro tells Char one last time that they're boyfriends before the Titans attack, uh, and as they make it out of Earth's gravity well on the shuttle, uh, they find that the Argama is on, under attack from Yuzan and the Alexandria. Uh, Fa uses the convenient excuse of getting the kids out of the Methus to pilot into battle and help save Apoly. Uh, Rekua is a full-on Titan now, and she's working on the bridge of the Alexandria as an intelligence officer. Uh, you know, uh, though Fa does save Apoly, ultimately the Methus gets taken down and she has to use the skate pod to, uh, to survive. Uh, Quattro gets the Mega Bazooka and tries to take down the, Alexa- uh, the Alexandria, but Rekua senses his, his intent and saves the Titan's ship at the last second. Uh, Camille takes a shower because he's a stinky boy. <laughs> the end. <laughs> I'm glad Camille got a shower scene. <laughs> it's really weird with his hair down like that, though, isn't it? Yeah, he doesn't yeah, look like just, himself. Yeah, it's so floppy. Strange. Uh, let me tell you, you're gonna see the most cursed thing ever in Double Zeta, and that's Haman Karn with wet hair. I hope it's because someone just sprays her with a hose. Haman, your vibes are nasty. Go away. Get down from there. So yeah, we're back at a, back at it again at the Gotho Doomlet. Jared is just fucking dead in the water. Just God, he please. A, he, has a, he has a head wound now. He has like just, please, Jared. Funny comedy bandage around his forehead. <laughs> um, yeah, and like uh, Hayato is packing up a little shuttle with the Yakushiki and the Zeta. Um, he still calls Char Lieutenant Quattro. Just want to know. Yeah, that. don't don't care for that shit one bit. I don't care that he's put his sunglasses back on. He's Char. Yeah, no, my notes exclusively say Char now, and it's yep, definitely yep, yep. weird. Same here. But like, same here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm forcing myself to get used to it. No, like mine still say Quattro because like he kind of he's got like one foot in the Quattro bucket and another foot in the Char bucket. Like he does like swither back and forth, and I really like that actually. It's good I, I, to me think... that there is no, you cannot pin down a distinct identity for this man. Okay, I mean, that's, that. yeah. that's fair, but I think Colin and I are doing it in order to basically push him fully into the Char bucket. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I miss my boy. We're shoving ma- him yeah. in the Char locker. Yeah, we're, we're making, we're chasing him so he has to run and eventually kick the Quattro bucket off. So he just runs with a Char bucket to move faster. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You have to make him lighten the shuttle. Um, yeah, um, gotta yeah. throw that identity off. <laughs> uh, we do get a couple of really touching exchanges between Char and and some of the people, you know, like Hayato's like, oh, you know, you're you're doing so much good, uh, so much good work, you know, it's it's your job to make sure that you know we can bring everybody together, and you know, Char puts his hand on his shoulder and is like, no, Director Hayato, it's our job. Um, yeah, and then he T- and together, Amur- if we yeah. all vote, fuck. 
Yeah, uh, no, no, it I just think keeps this is happening. A, yeah, I think this is an explicitly not a, you need to go vote. I think it's an explicitly like you need to go to the polls and protect people who are going to have their votes disenfranchised, and you need to get ready for a possible armed uprising on November fourth. Uh, we'll get to that later. Uh, Feeling normal. <laughs> This episode is going to air after November 4th. This episode will go up after the election, which is kind of fucking me up. Yeah. yeah. Listeners, you know, God, you know things we don't. Oh, Shit. God. Um, I hope we're oh, still around. Beltachica, Beltachica, or no, no. Amaro says to, to Char, um, Beltachica thinks you're better looking without the sunglasses. At which point we cut to Quattro, who's now immediately wearing the sunglasses again. And it was very, yeah, very he, funny to he me. He puts on another pair. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Like, he wasn't wearing them before and I like I didn't see him put them back on. So it was just very funny. But also that comment, what I read from that comment is that it implies that Amaro thinks he's better looking with the sunglasses on. But then I remembered heteronormativity and the fact that the show... Oh no yeah. no! D- don't don't fucking don't, don't listen. We we get confirmation that they're boyfriends, and okay. he is saying that that Shar is hot because mm-hmm. Amro does tell Shar that he's the one who changed him. Yeah, he does <laughs> from the inside, if you know what I mean. Whoa! <laughs> oh, he gave him some ideology, if you know what I mean. Uh, if you know <gasps> what I mean. <laughs> Um, uh, it, in- it involved those big arms. Uh, let me Jesus tell you. Christ. <laughs> if you know what I mean. This whole scene is just so nice. I love to see Amaro and Char be to- just friends unequivocally. It rules. It makes me so happy. Yeah, that's like, my heart. everyone is standing around Char Aznable loving him and supporting him. And I love to see it. Maybe what the, the, the way to new type all along was friendship. Yeah. Maybe the real new types were the friends we met along the way. Huh. <laughs> um... And as they're sort of like getting ready to launch, you know, Jared is here to to become a to become an issue, be a little stinker. Yeah. And like this whole time as they're getting ready to launch, because like Zeta Gundam and Hyakushiki are loaded inside the shuttle right now. So like mm-hmm, they can't mm-hmm. fight. And Camille is just so antsy because his like first knee jerk reaction is just like get in the Zeta Gundam, go kick some ass. Cause like that's where he's basically most comfortable. So like the fact that he can't that Zeta Gundam is literally like Howls within the shuttle that he can't get it at. He's just like, I really, oh, it's he like he needs his fix. Yeah, yeah. and like, Shar is like, buddy, like it. He doesn't just say we have to get to space. He says it is our responsibility to go. Yeah, to space. yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a really, really good kind of mirror of like when when Quattro was saying something similar about like you know wanting to be out there, not wanting to be in the shuttle. You know, the only time he feels afraid is when he can't move, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. And it it definitely shows how much Camille like like really learned from and takes after you know Quattro. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, like everyone's fighting Beltachica, famously. Former pacifist, the pacifist formerly known as Beltachica, uh, <laughs> operates a gun turret. She shoots some things. Jared is there, like, where's the Gundam? Where's the Gundam? Where's the Gundam? I want to fight it. I want to fight it. I don't want to fight the veteran for one year war. I'm a Ray. I want to fight the Gundam. Oh, um, I will say, because this is probably the last time that we're going to see one, uh, the Adhumla looks so. I love how greebled it is. I just, I know I love it is. It. They do such good, like, texture work drawing that. Mm-hmm. Every, they don't, they don't need to, but I love that they do. I love it's covered in little lines. <laughs> After the Odumla kind of goes off screen and we go, don't get to see it, they have to put all their like line effort into the outfit that Fa wears in the third episode of this episode. Yeah, God, a lot of lines oh, up in oh, that, huh? Oh. Um, we don't. Oh, I mean, oh, like this wh- is my favorite scene. The next one where yeah? Quattro and Camila are in the shuttle. Oh my um, God! Yeah, it's really good. And just the line read on it is so good. Um, so yeah, like. Uh, 
I, I was like, well, like Shara Quattro is like, oh yeah, blah blah blah. I can drive a shuttle, blah 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 blah. And Camille is like, um, yeah, like maybe I should learn to drive a shuttle. Uh, Sharazna, and just Quattro cuts him off and is like, call me Lieutenant Quattro. It's fine. <laughs> I just, I love it. I love the like acting read on it. It's so cute because like, and after Quattro says that, Camille just like smiles because like he's more comfortable with that. That's it. He never knew him as Shar. Like, yeah. Amuro calls him Shar so comfortably because it's like that. And, like, Hayato respects him, but, like, he's, like, knows that he's preferred to be called Quattro, so he calls him that. But, like, you know, Camille is, like, doesn't, not ready to sort of, like, fully grasp the whole identity thing. Well, so he's it's, like, ah. it's also, like, Camille has been one of the people really pushing him to become Shar again. Um, yeah. And the I think the subtext to it is, like, I don't think Camille really... The, the importance is not that Quattro starts referring to himself as Char. The importance for Camille is that, like, Quattro steps up and, and becomes the Char-like heroic leader, leader mm-hmm. like, figure. He doesn't need to become the Char. He needs to become a Char. Yeah. And it's yeah. then, you know, being being confronted with, oh, I am an adult who has graduated high school and it's weird to call my teacher by their first name situation. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it is, yeah. you know, it definitely shows that one, you know, uh, uh, Shar saying, you could still call me Lieutenant Quattro, it's fine. Uh, kind of, like, is, yeah, like, helps them kind of, like, renormalize their relationship and show how close they are. And also shows, like, it goes to show how, like, how much Shar has changed over the course of the show. Because, you know, uh, the last time he was in this situation, he was fucking shaking in his boots because he couldn't go out there to fight. And now yeah. he's, like, he's fully prepared for what he has to do. They have to get back to space. He's cool not going out to fight. They're going to get in the shuttle and they're going to rock it off. <laughs> yeah, Hell like, he's yeah. got things to do and those things are elsewhere. you got to get going. Um, um, mm, I mean, the, Yeah, whatever. pretty much, like, Amaro fight happens. fights... They go into space. Yeah. Garrett's space. mad, obviously. Did you Jared. see the really, the really fucking funny shot after they fully launch when like Jared sort of tries to like fly after them and he like flies into the the rocket thrust trail yeah. and gets blown back. And as he's tumbling down, Amuro takes a pot shot at him and like the BR land is like spinning as it falls and it like is when Amuro hits him, he starts spinning the other way and like plummets <laughs> into the ocean. It is so funny. Also, uh, Jared um, says, "My lord." I, th- Malord is the name <laughs> of their Garuda. Yeah, <laughs> Malord is the name of the Titans Garuda. Yeah, the Goth one. I just God yeah. tips. I kept, on, I kept on writing it as Melon Lord. That's how <laughs> I was doing it in my head. Oh, like Toph from Gundam. Just like Toph. <laughs> Toph Beifong from Gundam. Yeah, Toph Beifong from Gundam. Uh, what if what if Toph Beifong was a Goth Melon Lord? Uh, goth Beifong. Goth Beifong. Oh uh, yes. Anyways, so up anyway. in space, the Arkema is under attack by the Alexandria, and Yazan is out here just wrecking shit. Yeah, I do want to I... mention that, like, when Camille and Shar are like flying up into space, Shar's like, "Hey, how are you holding up, buddy?" And Camille is like, ooh, 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 I, "This is a very bad sensation." And like, Shar is just like, mm, "You know, before back in the day, people used to experience way worse geoforces to get into space, uh, both ways in the snow, and they were grateful <laughs> because of." And then says some more ideology. It just is mm-hmm. very good to me. It's very yeah. good. Uh, he tells them. He tells Camille he can close his eyes if he's scared. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I did want to mention that Quattro like outright says new types uh, stem from new senses humanity discovered once they got into space, and I don't think the show has like actually officially properly said this before. Yeah, it's no. This is like, he he gives the lore dump here. Yeah, yeah. like he just. 
he lays out a lot of things that the show has been saying, but not saying. Yeah, like, he he, he finally makes the subtext text. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's kind of what he's been doing this whole episode, huh? Yeah, you know. Yep, yep, yep. Listen, we gotta get we gotta get stuff ready for the end of the show, you know, yeah, so that we can yeah. then have an, another show happen to take take more subtext and turn it into text. <laughs> mm. It's the subtext to text pipeline. Yeah, yeah, and, and and like sort of Camille reckons with this by basically saying like, all right, I'll do it for four because like if I can fully become new type in space, I can see her again, and like she'll you know she'll be a part of me. Mm. Good yeah, for the him, argument buddy. is here. It's having a bad time. Yeah. Having a bad time. My fa- my boy is here. He's on just. Mm, those those bell bottoms be hitting different every time, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> He's got to carve off a big steak from that Arkema so he can just eat it out here in space. <laughs> he would bite metal and and be able to digest it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. Yazan has pika. Yeah, uh, Yazan is half tiger shark. Uh, <laughs> um, we see like this little scene of Fa with the orphans. Um, she's like okay. getting ready to fight, and the orphans are like freaking out in the halls. Like, this scene is definitely supposed to imply that, like, oh, the fact that Fa might have to leave the orphans to go and fight, that's a really bad thing, and this is how we know that the Argama really, really needs, like, Shar and Camille to come and help. But, like, basically she's going off, and and Shinta and Kum are like, yeah, yeah, like, you've got to go, she's like, I have to go fight, and Shinta and Kum are like, yeah, yeah, okay. It just shows that, like, the kids understand whenever their mummy has to have to go do her job, and that it is perfectly reasonable that Fa might become both a pilot and a mother. That's what the, that's what, that's what the show is saying. Definitely me, is what the me show personally. is saying. Yeah, it's what it's saying to me, Sarah, and what yeah. I'm saying to you listeners. It's mm-hmm. definitely, I think, text that you can read in this episode that um, I guess apparently the authors didn't intend, but that's why authors are dead. Um, yep, it's our show now. <laughs> our canon. I won't hesitate, bitch. <laughs> uh, we do get a scene after this, cutting back to Char and Camille. They have to like basically lighten the shuttle because they're almost out of fuel and they can't reach the fighting in it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're just like chucking stuff out of there, and they're like, is, "Can we throw this out? Yes. Can we throw this out? No. Like, yeah. this is a this is a box of gift from Bell Torchica for the Argamo. We had to keep this one. So you know what that implies, right? What does it imply? Because Beltashica sent up a crate of, like, gifts for the crew of the Argama. And, you know, uh-huh. I've always wondered concerning the Hong Kong holotapes. Like, you know, we never see... And also, <laughs> presumably, they're, like, 18-plus holotapes. How is Camille? Camille not, doesn't have, like, an ID. He can't go into, like, a porn shop and purchase porn. He doesn't have... He's not over 18. He can't buy that. Stuff. So how did those holotapes get on the... I want you to picture me with the Pepe Silvia board behind me currently. How did those holotapes get onto the Argama in the first time if not there being precedent for this and this is not the only time Beltachica has sent gifts to the crew of the Argama Beltachica famously horny person of the show sent the original holotape to the crew of the Argama you're saying she's like the cool older sibling who buys you beer yes I thought you were going to go in a much worse direction than that. Okay. Uh, what did you think? I thought you were about to say that the 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 hollow tapes is Beltorchica's fucking OnlyFans that she's giving to Torres oh, no! for some reason. <laughs> you think Beltorchica would do that for free? Yeah, she would charge a pretty penny, I think. Yeah. Well, she that's, would charge that's, Amaro. Yeah, that's why they that's why they can't get them normally. Right. That's why they're gifts. Mm. Okay. Mm. All right, I understand. Um but yeah, they've they fucking eventually they ditch enough stuff that they can like boost towards the Argama. Then we get another very very cool scene of hating women. I love to see it. 
Hashtag justice for Fa. Well, actually, I think you'll find... Well, do you, do you want to take us to sort of the scene before I tell you what it means to me, really? Sure, sure, sure. So uh, we see Fa's on the bridge with Bright, and things are not going well. You know, the battle is being... Yazan and his and his team of denim boys are kicking ass. And Fa wants to go out, and, and you know, Bright keeps saying no. And eventually she's, like, begging him, and he says, If your death will end this war, then I will permit you to go. Like... What?! Okay, that is genuinely not what he says in... Okay, yeah, I was gonna say, how the hell are you gonna spin this one, Sarah? Holy shit! Oh, sorry. I've been (laughs) drinking to cope. Um, (laughs) Actually, I'm drinking a beer called Gangly Ghoul, and it's got a fun picture of a ghost on the front. It's not that nice, but the picture's cool. Um, What are they saying in this dub? So, yeah, he says... um, Basically, I I didn't write it down. I think I would have if it was that, but, like, because... (laughs) Um, Shinta, like, cause Shinta and Kum, like, do a Zeta Gundam and they hijack, like, the two children in a mm-hmm. trench coat are gonna pilot the Methus. And, like, you know, they're, they kind of lock themselves in the Methus and they're trying to pull random levers and figure out how to work this. Um, and, like, Bright is up on the, uh, bridge, Faz there, and Bright's, like, not letting her, letting her launch. And then he finds out, like, that the children are in the thing and he's just, like, Fa, like, go to the Methus discipline those children i think he says something like go to the methods and like beat up those children until they're disciplined i don't know what his actual line he says like give him a good smack on the head yeah Um, something like that i think in the sub he says give them a spanking they'll never forget yeah yeah yeah, yeah, something like that but like that is all he says to me unless i really missed something yeah and like there's uh at least in the sub it's a little bit more explicit that he's like he doesn't want fa to take the methus out because she's just going to damage it and then like you know when she presses him more about how the the dire straits they're in he's like if your death will end this world you to go which is very much just like he has zero <coughs> confidence in her ability to do anything but Jesus. then when he does finally say like uh, when they find out the kids are in there and he says like okay cool go down there and like get the kids out and give them a spanking or whatever she the, she thanks him for it which seems like we're yeah. supposed to take that it's like Bright's like kind of tacit permission for Fa to go take the Methus out afterwards. So, um, yeah, I got that too. Yeah. That was really weird. Again, what I got was that Bright isn't giving her permission. He's telling her to go down and get the kids out of the Methus because, oh, she's ship mother and she, uh, the ship mother is clearly the only person capable of wrangling children. Um, and that she is deliberately taking what he said and like misinterpreting it as an order to launch um and that that's why she thanks him she's like oh thanks for like the little loophole that will go and allow me to launch but again my uh very very deliberate reading of this scene in that why shinta and kum are in the methods and why oh isn't it terrible that like these two children have felt the need because they're like yeah we're gonna go protect the armor arguma because and they do say they're like oh since camille's not here we've got to fight but i think what they really mean is that since bright won't let our mummy lodge we're gonna have to do it for her and that what the show is definitely telling to us that oh isn't it terrible that bright won't let far a perfectly capable pilot launch and now because bright's not doing that her children have to go and get into shit um so that's 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 me beating the shit out of the author that's what the show was saying yeah no i completely agree like uh, i I feel like that is that is it 
like that that is 100 percent the thing you can read into that and it's certainly because of the way that we've seen like the the authors like to use characters as mouthpieces i'm pretty sure they don't believe the same but it just kind of shows like how like dumb and fucked up and stupid their worldview about women is uh so fuck it let let fog get in the robot and you know what she does a good job she does yeah. a good fucking job in that robot in this episode <laughs> yeah yeah justice yeah. for fog yeah uh, for example, um, we met this incredibly important new character at the beginning of this. Uh, at the beginning of this fight, there's a new uh, Rick Diaz pilot named um, named Bath, um, and then he gets fucking owned by Ham Robbies and dies. We've definitely uh, <laughs> seen Batch before. This okay. is not the first time we've seen Batch because I definitely remember hearing Batch's name at some point. But yeah, he gets like they do like the triple triple threat yo-yo attack to sort of like pin him, and then like they all like shoot him at once, and he he dies. Oh, this and is poor the, Polly doesn't take this it well. Is the- the crucifixion scene. I remember. This is this. the crucifixion yeah. scene. Yes, yeah, because he does like get like sort of like strung out all his arms and leggies. Yeah, uh, yeah. and yeah. and then they go after a poly, and the only thing that saves him is Fog comes in and cuts the line with a beam saber and and yeah. saves him. Yeah. Matthew looks so fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah, Fog! You're doing amazing. I love yeah. you. Fuck yeah, yeah. Is, is maybe like the reason that Fog has performed not too well in the past is the fact that she keeps getting saddled with an old prototype mobile suit and keeps facing off against some of the heaviest hitters in the fucking show. Who knows? I'm looking away. <laughs> um, although, actually, the thing I do like about the methods <laughs> is that it has a little ejection orb. Yes. I like the orb. It does have a little... The orb is stored in the robot. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, the methods gets fucked up, but Fa is able to eject. Um, and, like, at this point, like, Zeta and Hyakushiki are kind of arriving. Uh, Zeta gives Hyakushiki a little piggyback over oh, there. Sh- so. uh, we, mm-hmm. we got so Jokerified we skipped a, an important oh. scene on the Alexandria. Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah, so we did. So we... Oh, we sure fucking did, huh? huh? As it turns huh. out, folks, remember huh. Rekua? Yeah. No? It turns Who? out Rekua's a titan now. Uh, oh. She does ah, look beans. good in that uniform. I will say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unfor- I, you hate to see it, but like it, it, the Titans uniform, it looks pretty sick. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I will never cosplay this, but I kind of do have that hair already, and I would look very good in it. It's the thing. It's the thing. I want to. Recco costumes. Recco um, costumes. Yeah, Recco costumes. Uh, the captain of the Alexandria still thinks that she's a spy and is like having people keep an eye on her. Um, her, but, repl- uh, her response to this is, oh, "Well, that's your problem." Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> I still love her. Uh, she does. She, uh, you know, they ask her like why she left uh, the AU, and uh, she's like, you know, she uh, she does what her heart feels, and the captain's like, she doesn't think that she's actually ideological, uh, and she's just like, the heart's different. Ideology sucks. Uh, uh, that's why I'm wearing sleeves yeah. now. <laughs> that that's me. Whenever I watch Gundam, ideology sucks. I just want to see cool robots. <laughs> don't talk. Don't talk to me about politics. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, so we know that she's there, we know that she's alive, um, mm-hmm, they arrive mm-hmm. as, like, Yazan destroys the Methus, and Camille catches Fa's orb, and she does say, like, a pretty stupid line, she's like, I want to see if I could pilot it one last time. I, actually, I thought, I, you know, maybe, maybe she says something different, like, oh, I wanted to prove to my kids that I'm a great pilot, and I did that successfully, and everyone congratulated me. Yeah, hey, I, I, I probably mis- I probably misread the subtitles. Yeah, that's that's definitely what she that's definitely what she says in the job. That's what I heard her voice actor say word for word. Yeah, of course. Um <clears throat> and then and then and then oh. Quattro or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Shar says, uh can I get uh, a mega bazooka? Mega bazooka. Mega bazooka. Mega bazooka. 
<laughs> oh, I don't like that one. That one scared me a little bit. <laughs> hey, it's wait, Halloween. Wait, wait, wait. <gasps> Mega bazooka. Mega bazooka. <laughs> It's wow, Mega Bazooka. We're, 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 we're hitting way too many layers right now. I'm afraid that we're going to hit the point of no return one day. <laughs> Listen, don't get pulled on by the bit's gravity. It's simply Mega Bazooka. Mega Bazooka. Uh, uh, but yeah, they, they, they launch Mega Bazooka very quickly. Uh, Hyakishiki like, latches onto it and starts flying off towards the uh, um, so the Alexandria. At oh. first, the captain of the Alexandria is just doesn't want to pay attention to it, but like uh, Rekua, like is very adamant. Like, no, that's a Hyakushiki with a Mega Bazooka that can take our ship out in one hit. Please do something about it. And then senses Quattro's like, killing intent to shoot the Alexandria, uh, tells them to kind of like do a maneuver. They do... Um, and narrowly miss getting shot by the Mega Bazooka, which, like, just evaporates several other mobile suits. And suddenly everyone trusts Rekoa and the Titans. They're like, okay, yeah, all right, cool. She proved She's it. She's a real deal. <laughs> yeah. So I, again, like, I don't look at the screen, which is why I'm watching the dub all the time. Uh-huh. Um, but, like, you know, you know, Charles about to do fire on the the ship where Rekoa is and like Camille is out here as well and he gets like the yes. new type DM notification that Rekoa's on that ship and like he, he thinks she's dead. He's thought she's dead the whole yeah, time. He, he he peeks into the Discord server of that ship and sees Rekoa's username pop up and she's like, huh, I didn't know that she was still online. Yeah, and like like Camille is having a moment and like then Char fires and like misses the ship and hits a Hamprabi instead. And and then he's like, well, well, well how, how could I miss? And there's sort of like a new type flash. And he's like, oh, I felt like there was something interfering. And like what I thought had happened was that like Camille had interfered in some uh... way because Camille knew that Rekua or got the notification that Rekua was in the ship and was like, oh shit, we can't not have Shar kill Rekua. That's an emotional bullshit that will be bad. So yeah, that's kind of just what I thought had happened. I mean... I, I I feel like the show didn't sort of lean into that angle enough of Camille being the one. I think it was more of like to set up the plot device for Camille to say, I think Requa might be alive. Because at this point, yeah. he's built up enough trust that people can like sort of take him at his word for his new type bullshit. Yeah, yeah that makes a bit more sense. But your, I, I, I mean, your read is also very interesting, though. I like the idea that like, you know, he's like pushes Char out of the way. And like Requa is also pushing Char out of the way. But like, I also love that he's like, I missed. I mean, I know he knows that it's because of new type influence, but like the famously accurate gun of the Mega Bazooka, yes, you missed Char. <laughs> <laughs> um, How many times has the Mega Bazooka like hit what they shot it at? It's like, been once? fired, I think, eight times, and <laughs> it's, it's hit, hit twice. twice. <laughs> yeah, so he's at a he's at a twenty five percent accuracy, which is oh, not so good, Char, my friend. Um, yeah, that's like yeah, yeah. for playing Pokemon. KDA's that's good, high, right? Though. Oh, his 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 KDR is like dis- yeah. you see, uh, Colin. You said KDA. Oh, I'm just gonna I'm sorry. just gonna highlight that. <laughs> you did say KDA on my podcast. I don't even like uh, League of Legends, or I don't even really like K-pop, to be honest. Like, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, his 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 KDR is like pretty fucking good. Um, but after the after the after the shot, after he tries to do a hit, we cut over to um the Alexandria. Ugh, ew, and Reko Reko was like ew. talking she's talking to Ramses, who is um Is that Ramses? the name of the Skeletor guy? Yeah. I'm I've Ramses. Been wondering. I'm just I've just, he's just Skeletor in my notes. Ramses <laughs> is one of Yazan's homies, right? 
He's the guy who's the captain of the ship who looks like a he looks like Skeletor. No, 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 no. Okay, I'm sorry. I I think I got a little too ahead of myself. I don't remember what the name. Ramses is a guy with the long bangs that she talks to after the captain. Oh, the guy who's kind of like if they took Kai and just gave him a colored palette swap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's, okay. he's player okay. two. He's play, Ramses is player two. Kai. Um, okay. Yeah, she's talking with the captain. Um, and, and like this whole thing is bullshit. She's like, <laughs> oh, I was drawn to a strong man like Yazan over here. That's why I'm hanging out with you guys now. <laughs> Uh, her <laughs> vibes, like she's just soaked in the nasty Paptivus vibes. She's she's just, pickled. She's pickled, but we took her out too early, so now she just stinks. She still hasn't even met, like, really met with Paptimus again, though, has, hasn't yeah. she? Like, that's she a hasn't, thing. No. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's a thing that we get to cherish at some point. Uh. Oh, just because fucking like Yazan is so already stinky with Paptimus vibes that like they're just coming off of him, and she's like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh. It sounded like you almost threw up there. Yeah, I burped at the same time as saying, uh. so oh, yeah, God. basically, that's what Yizan is to me. Yeah, I mean, I Yizan is like a durian. He just, he's disgusting yet fascinating, and I can't stop thinking about him. Some I guess, people really no, you know like what? him, too. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like Yizan... I, I think I'm sort of narrowing in on it is that Yazan is Yazan is a minion. He falls very much under my umbrella of what a minion is, my definition, uh-huh. which I will share in a PowerPoint presentation at some so point. So he's just a funky little guy? He's a funky little guy. And like I, I think his sort of way he falls under the definition of it is more of like he's a he's just like an objective bastard and like most people do not like him, which sort of makes my affection for him grow all the greater. He's mm-hmm. just a rat who became a human. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, he, got, they he, he got cursed by a witch to become human, but he likes it now. Uh, you know, they they took a durian, they tattooed a turtle onto it, they put a blonde pompadour wig, uh, and and set a magic dance around it, and it he came to life one day. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, oh, oh. Also, uh, the uh, the ooh. captain of the ship says the f- the best line, which is. Hmm. Since I joined Scirocco, I've met some weird ones. Yeah, yeah that's so good. I love that. Scirocco is like a Pokemon team of freaks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The freak type gym. Uh. <laughs> gym leader. Um, yeah, and then after she talks, she walks out of the bridge and she walks by Yazan. She talks with Ramses about like, no boy's going to steal her heart. Not even big bad Paptimus. Which I, I, I genuinely can't wait until she finally meets Paptimus because I feel like we're going to get some sort of resolution there. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just like, cause like, uh, uh Ramses just kind of like, he does like the kind of pervert lean forward and he's clearly like trying to come onto her. But oh, she's he's just very kind much of, into her. Because she's soaked in the Paptimus pervert vibes, she just like kind of preens under it and just like she's into it now. Yeah. Like, uh, it, 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 like it seems, I'm like, I hate to say this, um, but it seems like she is acting the way in which men who say, oh, it's a compliment, you should like it, think that women should act, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of, oh, yeah. Icky. Yeah, I hate to say it. I'm sorry for yeah, no, you're bringing right, the vibes of this yeah. podcast why would, why would you say something so controversially, it's so brave, etc., etc.? What else happens here? Uh, Apolly's sad about Batch's death. Who could yeah. blame him? Uh, but also really wants Fa to know that, like, she's the only reason that he's alive, uh, because she's a good pilot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because That's she can protect says. the kids and protect the ship in a mobile suit. She's capable of doing both. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. God. 
Um, oh, and then we cut back to the Argama, and like, yeah, Shar Shar has arrived on the ship, and like, Bright comes in. He says, "Sorry, Far, I was wrong. You're actually a good pilot." He definitely says that in the show. He apologizes yeah. to Far. Uh, we see it happen, uh, but he also talks to Shar. Um, but yeah, because we find out that like the broadcast got aired in space. Um, and Shar kind of he says like he's wearing the Quattro sunglasses and. As he just kind of like fiddles with them, he's like, haha, yeah, like I'm still embarrassed about playing the clown down there. Love the clown metaphor. It's, it never ends. Clowns all the way down. Clowns so all the way down. It turns out that Shar Asnabel was in, you know, the dark carnival all along. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the episode, well, before the Shar also, incident. Take shower. Um, oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, like, yeah, Shar and Bright hold hands for a little bit. Bright calls that, him Shar for the cool. first time. I do like to see it. It's good. Like, yeah, Bright puts his hand on, on Shar's shoulder and Shar grabs it, which is like, you mentioned this in chat, more affectionate he ever showed Rekoa. Yeah. Yeah. Not great. Oh, yeah. well, who would have thought that Shar's deep-seated, um, you know, uh, internalized homophobia is the reason that he treats women so badly, but I guess it's true. <laughs> oh, Can't help being a clown. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then Camille take a funny shower. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like in the shower being like, shit, did, did, I, did I see Rekua like online earlier? Shit, what? I thought she was dead. Water's getting too hot, my bones. Just shower thoughts. Uh, just, <laughs> hashtag just... shower thoughts. Yeah. Hashtag shower thoughts. Yeah. Um, and that's Epi. Yeah. Epi. Um, and we got one more for y'all. Yeah. Uh, which is episode 39. By the lake. So, in order to resupply, the Argama heads to Colony 13, which is part of the neutral side too, which is why it looks like Switzerland on the inside. At the same time, Basque plans to take the Dagosa gear to attack Ayug as Paptimus hangs back to guard the gate of Zidane. We hear that Rosamia has successfully infiltrated the Colony 13 too. She's not dead, Sarah. Camille, Fa, Emma, and the orphans also arrive at side 13 for some leisure. Emma leaves the gang to check on the supplies they're getting for the Argama. Then Rosamia sees Camille and acts, or maybe believes, that she, she's her brother. She's his sister. Whatever. So she tags along with them. They ride a horse-drawn carriage. I, I hate horses in space. They take some <laughs> boats on the lake to relax. As this happens, Shar heads to Colony 13 to investigate reports of rogue soldiers attacking people. He is then attacked by rogue soldiers. The fighting <laughs> ends up making its way inside Colony 13, where the orphans end up meeting Mnyeba Yabi, who's chilling there with Haman Karn. The fight makes its way to the lake. Everyone's whipped up into a frenzy. The Zeons escape. The gang and Rosamia make their way back to the Argama, where she's just chilling, I guess. Uh, and finally, Shar gets taken to the police station for questioning. And just everyone has, especially Emma, has really bad vibes about Rosamia. The end. Yeah. Uh, episode 39, Shar gets arrested. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you think that he would get arrested for literally anything else he did before this, but, you know, I guess this is what finally stuck him. Yeah. Shar Aznable will stand before the Hague and answer for his crimes. <laughs> As if. As if. Yeah, so they're, they're hey, remember Grips? Yeah. I try not to. Uh, you ever just hang out in your floating chair with your best bud in your giant VR uh, hollow solar system room? I, why, <laughs> why did, why do they have a VR room in order to, why do the, the Titans have like a special built, built VR room in order to have their like board meetings in? What? Because they're an organization what? entirely led by Draculas. Yeah. <laughs> This is yeah. like a coffin for them. Yeah. 
just they have to be they the vibes just have to be like that they have to be on weird floating chairs just sit in a fucking temple it's game of, it's game of thrones map room but in space oh fuck Cer- you're right jesus <laughs> Cersei's Christ. space orb Cersei's space orb um and then i think with, uh, in this line we sort of get clued into maybe what grips can do because they do talk about yeah. how hyman wants to use the colony laser the colony laser i'm sure you know they're doing colonoscopies with the lasers just fucking get that laser pointer right up in there yeah they're um, gonna they, they're gonna fire at the butt of the moon <laughs> remember when they took green noah too and it's like half a colony and they did <gasps> Shit, something that's to why it? it's called Who the moon knows? yeah uh sorry what <laughs> i got distracted by trying to make like a moon butt pun um, oh, you, oh you mean a moon <laughs> oh yeah 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 <laughs> Um, yeah, I certainly can't think of any big event that happened near the end of 0079 that could be similar to what this is. Yeah, who knows? Who? Could be anything. Who knows? Uh, huh? It's impossible to say. Yeah. Hey, guess what? Huh? Hey, Rosamia Bottom is still alive, apparently. She's doing espionage, I, huh? I fucking yeah. told you, Sarah. <laughs> I just, yeah, I know you were saying, but I was like, I kind of half thought you was, we, we were, we, we did a lot of bits on this show, and there's really no way to tell what's going on, which is why we started doing the recaps. This is the thing. I still don't know what whatever half the shit Colin says. I don't know if they're doing a bit or not, but that was not a bit, because I don't know, because I'm still baby. <laughs> Oh man. Uh yeah, it turns out that Rosamia's back. Uh She's fine. She yeah. died, but she's fine. Well, I mean, she is definitely wholeheartedly convinced in her own brain that Camille Bidan is her literal brother. We'll I don't know, I'm just assuming they kind of overwrote her brain and they're put some files her, in there. They're calling her Rosamia Biden. Um, I don't know, Sarah. That seems a little I don't think we've seen any care any pastel haired cyber new types in this show that have had their memories replaced or erased to make them more pliable to be controlled and be super soldiers. I don't know if that's ever happened in, in Zeta Gundam. And also Biden. Space Photoshop certainly doesn't exist at this point. Photoshop. <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, but we also find out that Basque really doesn't trust Soroko, uh, and can is, you blame him? Yeah, uh, but he is planning to head uh, to take out Ayug uh, with his own forces, um, while Gerps Two gets into their its final position, and then once that's all done, then they can finally take out Haman and Soroko. Uh, so things are getting spooky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like Peptimus comes in and like. Yeah, it's sort of like it seems that like uh, t- the Titans and Grips are in like a little bit of a of a, of a fluster concerning Shar's speech because they're like trying desperately to get like uh, a team of cyber new types together. And Poptimus is like, <laughs> that will never happen. Uh, that they, like someone never like happen. mentions Rekua, and they're like, oh, could could Rekua be on the thing? And Poptimus <laughs> like, no, Rekua is just like a lonely woman pretending to be strong. Fucking Poptimus, she's Don't a normie. Point Rekua, she may be a normie. In in the uh, sub, uh, he says Requilond is normal. She's just a woman with a strong need to rely on others, which is a little bit better, I guess. Maybe <laughs> it's better in the sense that people who don't understand new types think they just have sort of like weird relationship issues. So yeah. I co- sort of get the the the, the angle at that. Oh, man. So, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, that wasn't exactly what she said. Like I'm kind of paraphrasing, but that was the sentiment that I picked up from it. I I love. 
near the end of this scene when Bass goes up to Paptimus, he like yeah. he leans in really close, and for some reason it makes him look like he's like five times his size. Yeah, yeah. He goes, he's like Bass has a giant head to begin with. <laughs> yeah, he's like, listen here, young man, I'm speaking directly into your ear. Why you are you act so smug and superior because you think that nobody has better abilities than you? Watch your back, bitch. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, because really like, uh, you know, they bring Sirocco in to tell him that like, hey, we're taking your ship away. We're, we're going to keep supplying your big Jupiter ship, but we need, uh, Baskin's taking the ship back. They're going to go do a thing. We need you to sit here at the gate of Zidane and babysit. And Sirocco's yeah, we'll immediately- we'll give you this yeah. asteroid in, in exchange for give your Give you ship. a cool, pretty rock. Yeah. Uh, and Sirocco's immediately like, oh yes, I am but your, your humble servant. Of course I will do anything that you say. And it's just kind of, you know, hamming it up a bit. As long as I still get to Harvest 03 from Jupiter, I'm happy to serve you, Lord Hymen. <laughs> yeah, he also, um, he's like, mm, Mr. Bask, watch out for someone has a st- very strong presence about the, aboard the Argama. Yeah, and Bask is like, oh yeah, it's because it's the fucking Argama. I've been watching the show, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you ever seen Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam? You Soraka, I read the script. Soraka, read the manga, then talk to me, you filthy casual. <laughs> I, I was fighting the Argama before you had a character design. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, um... So we cut over to Switzerland, and I, I did you all appreciate my funny joke about it being looking like Switzerland because it's a neutral neutral colony? Yeah. Oh, I was wondering that because I was like, you, I heard the words you, you thought it was it, colony thirteen, and I was like, what does the number thirteen have to do with Switzerland? <laughs> I really don't understand what's going on here, but I'm with you now. I'm on the same page. We're here. We're in the airport. I have the words in my notes. Poggers written in the largest, just all across the page. I told you. I really do. I, I also have several drawings in my notes at this point. Yeah, you want to uh, mix fashion over here? You want to walk us through this? Yeah, is there a particular <laughs> thing? Is there a particular thing that we're maybe expecting? Is there a particular outfit? <laughs> Let me just gather my thoughts before I tell you. Fight is wearing just this sweet kind of just like circular cowboy collar with like the red, the black ties over this kind of pale blue shirt. There is a cropped red bolero style jacket, beautifully puffed sleeve. The red of it is crisp. The texture of this fabric, it's got to be some kind of taffeta because mm, the shading, the crop kind of extends down very tightly against her arms. Absolutely beautiful matching pair of kind of culottes, breeches. They are tight around the top of the hips, flare out to make her look thick as all hell. Beautiful. We see her <laughs> child bearing hips before just just kind of everything <laughs> is tied together absolutely camille is wearing this kind of like you know we've seen him wear sweaters before this time he's got adrian this kind of off-center asymmetrical collar very kind of suave in beige a little bit of like an under look i've forgotten what emma's wearing but it was also very good uh emma's wearing like a 
kind of a weird green dress with a also a cowboyish like blouse over top of it. She's wearing like a prairie dress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 very, like, very the, cottagecore. Yeah, yeah, yeah very cottagecore. And then the jacket, the, 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 just like the color combination of kind of just like a lime minty green and just the the, the, the like the pale beige yellow uh, coat jacket on top of it. Excellent, wonderful looks. Rizamia also looks very good, even though I've forgotten what she was wearing. She's basically wearing like an eighties power suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, she's mm-hmm. she's got like kind of like a uh like kind of like a white dress like if a dress shirt was also a dress but then with like like brown with a brown leather like skirt and like halter top over top of it too it's in like a and like a nice trench coat it's it's a good look (laughs) yeah like we know she's doing espionage because she's wearing a trench coat yeah yeah we wouldn't know otherwise Um, yeah how would we know real quick she'd have to be wearing sunglasses or something uh real quick though can i get can i get a a yifal Yifa! <laughs> Yifa! <laughs> Whoa, God. A, thank you for that breakdown, Sarah. I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, "This is going to kill them. This will be it." <sighs> I'm, I'm, I'm in. The, I'm fully in the soup, the fashion soup. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it takes for you. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we see them all. Um, Rose and me is like they're all like on. They all get on a like a sort of metro car. Um, Rose and Mia has a cool spy laptop. Yeah, Rosamia get iPad. Yeah, it plays. Rosamia get iPad. Yeah, it plays Mario Run as we see when it boots up. <laughs> he plays Mario Run. She like looks at it and she finds out the arguments here are getting resupplied. She senses Camille and she is like, "It's probably nothing. It's fine." Because like she just sees the back of their heads because she's sitting like sort of like in the back of the car behind them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, as they're sort of like traveling through this metro, they like are in space at this point and they look over. We see like a sort of like pea pod of these agricultural. Little sections where they're growing stuff, and the orphans. We get like a little explanation. The orphans are like, "Well, why do they need these?" And the, like, I think like Coom is like, "Why do we need this?" And Shinta's like, "Because it would die without food, idiot." <laughs> space this vegetables. Is, this is just cute kid stuff. Yeah. Uh, vegetables. vegetables. The the adults explain they have to. If the more of the more of them they have, the more varied like ecosystems they can have, so they yeah. can produce like all different kinds of fruits and vegetables all year round. I love the yeah. space vegetables. Vegetables. Vegetable. I said that earlier. I, I, I genuinely couldn't tell if you were saying that or if because because the call quality. But I'm glad that Fair. I'm, yeah. I'm glad you'll, 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 you'll pick it up in the edit. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, of course. But so they're on the little the space train, and this is where I start doing like Mr. Krabs zoom meme because like <laughs> it just the feeling of this episode. We start getting like callbacks to episode one. Yeah. Like yeah, the vibe there, time again. <laughs> the vibe they're evoking is just like episode one, and like later on, kind of also like episode one of Mobile Suit, Mobile Suit Gundam. Yes, um, where, I got that too, very much. Yeah, and like I start kind of because to me that just means that shit is gonna kick off. Um, it's happening again. Yeah, because it's like, oh, the, the episode is kind of like, oh, look, we back at it again. We've kind of come full circle. And I'm like, oh, fuck, we've come full circle. Yeah. Shit, fuck. What's huh. going to fucking happen? I wonder what ev- what other, you know, circular uh, things are going to happen to repeat themselves. Uh, who knows? <laughs> Couldn't certainly be the cyber new type girl with fucked up memories who's uh, performing an operation while all of this is going down. Uh, who knows? I'm sweating. Uh... But like we we sort of cut you know over. who else is sweating? Yeah, oh, very good segue, Sarah. <laughs> we cut over to the inside of one of these pods, and they're very hot on the inside because you gotta grow stuff when it's hot, right? Um, and it's like these two Hizak uh, pilots who are like basically like they're just in their tank tops at this point, and they're using oh, they're it shirtless. to sort of 
Well, one of them shirtless. One, one the of them is tank, tank top. One of them is tank yeah. top. Um, and they're like oh, using a bunch of computers stuff. they have set up to like basically spy on the colony and like look what's going around. They're like, oh, Aegis here. Probably oh not shit! Great. I thought they were just looking out the windows. Whoops. <laughs> I think it's a little about. Uh, no, I no. They're they're. I think they're on displays because I was like, those are weird yeah, because they're angled up a little weird. Yeah. Um. So then, uh, they like they they go on a stop at like Lucerne. Which is again, it's it's all Switzerland themed. This this whole side, which I really like. Um, Emma mm-hmm. gets off to like check on some supplies for the Argama. So it's just Camille and Fa and the two kids. Mm-hmm. And then the show sort of uh, goes off rails a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I again, like I'm doing Mr. Crab Zoom spin meme for like a different reason. Oi, Mister, you me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Oi, Mister. We, yeah. we hear, I hear Anaki too much in this fucking, uh, <laughs> too many Anakis, too many Emotos, too many Oni-chans. I can't handle this episode. I do not like to hear it. Uh, the, the, the mid-2000s have poisoned my brain as far as anime is concerned. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, but like, again, because, like, because I'm watching the, the dub, like, when someone says the word brother, that only really means one thing. Right. Um, so to, to for Rosamia to just kind of see Camille get off the, the train and be like, oh, hey, is that my brother? And I'm like, what? 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 Just- and the only thing weirder than that is that everyone else is like, just like going along with it for whatever reason. Well, because we, we don't quite get there but like already whenever she first says is that my brother i'm like what the fuck is this the show has never said anything about like camille having any kind of other family apart from the two parents who died at the start of the show yeah so it's very from the start it's like okay these are got to be fake memories right yeah and you know i think fa and camille are both playing it cool but you know we do get that moment where you know um uh, once they they get on the carriage with the horse time, right? Because uh, uh, yeah, they they go and and they there there's an old man and he's got a horse drawn carriage and he's like, yeah, oh anybody can ride the carriage and and have the horse horse time. Hop on in, Camille. Let me teach you how to pilot back in the 1850s. <laughs> if you can pilot a Gundam, you can pilot a horse. Yeah. And if you um, can't pilot a horse, if you can't pilot a horse, you can't pilot a Gundam. I'm sorry, Max. Don't worry, that's what G-Gun is about. It's fine. I'll get there. Uh, also, we see cows. but um, <laughs> I like cows. Yeah. cows do they good. have but cowbells? Y- yeah. I Ding. do believe, yes, I do believe they had some cowbells. Okay, um, good. Then the proper Switzerland. Yeah. More cowbells. Um, but, you know, Camille and Fa do get a little moment together. Fa's like, I know you don't have a sister. I have known you for your entire fucking life. You don't have a sister. And Camille's like, yeah, I don't. But, like... I want to see how this plays out. I gotta, I gotta know what she's getting up to here. Uh, so I mm-hmm. think finally people know how to do spy shit, and it's when somebody is like, "Oh my god, I'm your brother." You wait yeah. to see her pull out her, her, you know, her fucking wallet picture uh, that has you photoshopped into it. <laughs> yeah, a very, very funny moment. Uh, also, she uh, she keeps trying to get on Fa's good side. Yeah, she keeps oh, yeah, being yeah, like, yeah. "Yeah, oh, oh, Fa, like you're." I always thought my brother would have a wonderful girlfriend, just like you. You're the perfect girlfriend for my brother. Yeah, I always imagined he'd have a girlfriend just like you. You're so perfect. Um, also, Shinta's immediate like this. This lady's too old to be her uh, his little sister. Like she's like she's like thirty, dude. <laughs> Although it does, like, I don't know if it's, like, a dumb something, but the kids do just seem to just, like, 
they're like, oh, hey, it's, it's so wonderful to meet Camille's little sister. Bit weird that Camille's little sister seems a lot older than him, but I don't know. Maybe she just looks old for her age. And yeah. they're just, the kids just seem kind of excited to meet Camille's little sister. Yeah. Um, they're kids. They live on a spaceship. I sure, I'm sure they're like, yeah. they're beyond being confused by anything at this point. <laughs> they're just mm-hmm. here to have fun and go in a boat. Yeah. Yeah. At some point, though, we do cut over. Um, we see Char, who's leaving La Vieros. Because uh, oh, he sort yeah, of like hears it. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing. It looks, it looks like a weird flower floating in space. Because um, he hears about these ambushes happening. Because he's like, nine ambushes have happened so far in Colony 13. I'm going to go check it out. Which, again, just like the first episode. Yeah. It, it, it's very much like a weird sort of c- c- cyclical circular thing. Yeah. Um, so they go on a lake, and and at this point we like we sort of see a swan flying and land on a lake, and that brought me back to when Amuro met Lala for the first time. Uh huh. When you see the sort of swan, uh-huh. I was like, I was like, is something like fucking crazy about to happen? Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Man. Oh. Well, um, um uh, come to think of it, uh, didn't Shar and Lala, or blah, 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 didn't Amuro and Lala first meet in uh, Texas Colony, which was uh, similarly to uh, Colony Thirteen, another colony that was made as like less of like a big residential, commercial, industrial colony, and more of like a like a um, pastoral one. Yeah, perhaps. like basically like a. a a theme park that looks like a uh, like the homeland, like instead of just being cowboy Texas time, mm-hmm. it looks like right. Switzerland. Mm-hmm. I mean, actually, they didn't. They met inside six, but good point oh, okay. still. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, because Texas was the one that <laughs> don't they Amaro. Texas was what Amaro fought um, Makuve in. Yeah, but you know they 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 first kind of did new type vibe in Texas, so that's true. And and then Char also feels as Amro's in the colony. Kind of weird that he would feel that. Yeah. Wonder what the yeah. deal is. Who yeah. could he possibly be feeling right now? I don't know. Yeah. Hey, who, who could say? Yeah, like because Char, like between them being in the lake, um, we cut back out to Char at some point, and like um, the the like the peapod guys just kind of. They're like, oh, they're golden. They call they call him Goldie for this whole episode, which That's is really cute. good to me. Yeah, they're like, oh, let's attack Goldie. Yeah, these freaks are really bad at battling. They keep on accidentally blowing holes inside the colony. Well, I mean, because at the start, anyway, they're they're very much kind of like, um, oh, like let's let's engage, let's take this guy out, but watch out for the colony. We don't want to fire any holes in it. Um, but at some point when they're battling, oh, I do want to mention that Shar picks up a Hyzak and like kind of swings it right. He swings it around. It's so good. It's so good. It's really funny. Um, what, what is a better weapon with which to attack a mobile suit than another mobile suit? I mean. It's, it's judo to me. (laughs) Yeah. And like, you know, one of them fires and accidentally makes a, like an air hole. And then at that point they just give up on not damaging the colony and start Mm, wrecking shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, they just immediately abandon that principle. So, yeah, and, like, they have to, like, he's, like, has to defeat the other one without blowing up, like, a third hole inside the colony. Because <laughs> I think I think he's, like, flown into the colony at this point. Yeah, he's flown into a colony, which I have a note, because they land on a river, and it's, like, a fake river. It's, like, yeah, they're I standing really like on, that touch. It was very cute. on, like, these panels that are blue-colored to make it oh, look the- like a river. The, so it's uh, those are the big glass panels on the the three non land sections that go up and down the colony, oh. uh, and they they basically have them like tinted blue on the inside, so that they, they kind of look like water. And then they have these big Golden Gate bridges that go over top of them. This is better than That's real Switzerland. I've nice been touch. to real Switzerland. Oh, I want to go there. <laughs> it's pretty nice. It looks literally, literally like the show. They get out of the train station, and I'm like, oh shit, this looks exactly like the Alps. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then the next line in the show is, oh, it's so nice that they made it look exactly like the Alps. I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, oh, oh shit. They've done it again. Like the Alps from Gundam. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's, Stella, it's so nice that they made it look exactly like the Alps for me, Maneva Zabi. I'm here now. Hello. Hello, it's me, Maneva Zabi. Yeah. You know, because uh, <laughs> what? Rosamie walks out off to like a house with Coom and they come back with a little, with a little baby girl who's never yeah. been in a boat before even though she lived right next to a lake and you're like you should come in your, your boat with us and she's like oh I, okay i'll come in your boat with you <laughs> and then they're like oh yeah why do you what you don't talk like a kid you, you're all snooty why are you yeah. so snooty i'm a little snobby baby <laughs> <laughs> i'm a big girl my I'm a, name's I'm a adult. coom and i'm class conscious for a five-year-old <laughs> Listen, Coom's I'm seen a, some shit. I'm a quest trader and I'm only eight years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, literally. So this, like, Minerva comes in and my my note just says, the kids find another kid. She looks kind of like a mini wreck. Well, oh, shit, that's Minerva. <laughs> no, that was literally, Sarah, that was literally what I wrote, too. <laughs> I didn't get it at first until until the show, like, clued me in. I was like, what the fuck? I was, I just thought that it was simply nice that Shun and Kunta had found, like, another, another child kid. to play with. And I was like, oh, they're befriending the, oh. Don't play with this one. <laughs> oh, no, play with this one. Let Mineva Zabi be a child. Play she with deserves her. to be played with. I would play like her. Play with her in the space. To have a good time. Play with her in this league. Wanna have a pure time. You know, from Zeta? Yeah, yeah from so, Zeta. um, hey, you know, eventually somebody gets upset that Maneva isn't, uh, where she was previously and was taken out of the house by a stranger, because someone comes looking for her, and it's... Haman Karn is here. <laughs> fuck, fuck you, you're not my real mom. Yeah. Haman says in a shocked voice, the princess is smiling. Can't handle it, can't have that. Pr- princesses Just, uh, should Unacceptable never behavior. Yeah. Please, please, Haman Khan, I just want to smile, please. <laughs> please. I want to go under wake. <laughs> yeah, what excuse can she give? Please tell us going. Uh, the excuse that Haman gives is that it's uh, it's time for her to take her medicine, so they need to bring her back to shore. Uh, <laughs> no, please, Rosamia, I want to go fofo into the wake. <laughs> I, ne- I never get to hang out with kids my own age. I just have my eight old women in blue corsia dresses that uh, wait on me hand and foot. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even like the hands made tail. <laughs> oh, I do all day is weed, old zombie ideology, eat hot chip and why? How long Colin doesn't even let me read comic books? I want to <laughs> read about Spider-Man, Rosamie. Rosamie, I want to know who Spider-Man is. The only comic books that she lets me read are ones about hero of the zombie family, Shaw Asnabel. <laughs> Who's really, really nice and who doesn't kind of have any relation to anyone who my family might have killed in some kind of ideological assassination. <laughs> I'm really losing it, huh? Yeah, it's, it's harder to go the longer you do <laughs> it's it. Really, it's really, this is a test of endurance. Yeah. Uh, what happens next? Cam- Camille and Fa, they'd been separated. They're on their own boat. And, like, they're sort of, like, just, like, talking through the reeds about, like, how weird the situation is. They're, like, arguing about it. Yeah, I and will they, and- point out hmm. that throughout this episode, Fa is kind of doing jealousy towards Rosamia because, like, Rosamia's, like, all up on Camille and, like, clinging to him. And- yeah, not great. Yeah, it's- fuck off. 
Fuck you off. You know, actually, actually, what is happening in the episode that I'm seeing with my eyes is that she's just suspicious of this espionage type person and does not want to let the her kind of into the group's trust. That's it. So go far. Far's doing the sensible thing. Kong, you gonna say something? Uh, just yeah. They they see him on and they get kind of concerned about that. And uh, that's a, a right about when uh, a Hyzak stumbles in. So and starts me- making a mess of the pots and pans. <laughs> this scene. Is it's so it's like it's Austin Walker voice. Two things happen at once, except like five things happen at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the Hyzak rolls in, Shar and the Hyakshiki rolls in, fighting it through the woods. One of the dudes who's with Haman Karn runs to the the silo next to the house, and a Gaza bursts out of it, ready to fight too. Which is like a really fun place to store that. I like that a lot. It's yeah, a cute touch. and like Haman Khan like because Camille stands up and like yells a warning like come on recognizes him and is like oh the Ayuk is trying to t- kidnap the princess Shar ah! <laughs> is it's, there it's like a whole mess. worried yeah. about the fact that oh this is a residential area oh no no fighting can happen here ah oh well he he's he's worried because like the Hyzak is about to leave this area and head towards like a more densely populated one mm-hmm. um and then a grain silo explodes and a Gaza sea comes out of it <laughs> Just Pretty a little cool pink robot. Boy. Yeah, it's a L- pink, little Pinkman. Yeah, pink, pink, pinkman, and and like I think he he disables the one. Um, he disables the high zap, yeah. but yeah, then the like, Gaza. He takes it out very slickly with a beam saber gently, in a way yeah. that does not make it explode. Congratulations! He, yeah, he like stabs his beam saber into the head and he tells the pilot to get out because it's going to blow up otherwise. And then the Gaza rolls up and shoots it and blows it up, which opens a, a comical hole inside the forest and like the gaza starts getting sucked into it i think yeah um, yeah and so then, and then he's yeah. able to yeah like shoot it as it blows up outside <laughs> yeah shara says then perish and it blows up outside the colony. <laughs> i just like and, the, yeah. the whole time that this combat is happening shara is just like oh my god p- please stop firing inside a colony i am begging you to take this outside oh my god please we are in it we do not want to make any more holes oh my fucking god please do not make any more holes in this colony ah <laughs> Yeah, remember uh, in 0079 when they shot too many holes in a colony and the entire thing fell apart? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> well, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't have the cum finger. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, cum, we, we cum have cum fingers finger. here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Quattro or Char proceeds to fly around and shoot his cum finger at everything to you know fix everything. So it's fine. <laughs> and we get a, we get a really 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 funny shot of like Camille and Fawn, the orphans, and Rosemi like braving the winds of the atmosphere being forcibly ejected from the colony to this they get to a um as they get to a shelter but it really looks like they're walking through a hurricane or something i wouldn't yeah. say it was funny so much as incredibly harrowing because they're walking forward like very slowly because like they can't physically walk any faster and like camille is like do not look back at what is behind us because you will be blown out into space let's just keep walking haha <laughs> You'll turn to a pillar of salt if yeah. you turn back. Yeah, um, yeah. Your wife will be taken d- down to the depths of Hades if you look back mm-hmm. at what, what is behind us. <laughs> but then you get to play Speaking a cool of game, wife, so it's worth it. Speaking of wife... Camille, like, because, like, he saw Haman Khan and, like, Quattro arrived immediately. He's like, oh, I guess, like, Quattro arrived because of Haman Khan. Um, which, like, later on, when, like, everything's done, everything's wrapped up, uh... Camille is like, oh, hey, Quattro, I saw Haman Khan. And he's like, oh, you what, Noi? So, <laughs> yeah. Like, he like, didn't everyone, even know they were there. Everyone thinks it's happening for a different reason. Yeah. Like, Haman Khan thinks Ayug's there to kill Maneva and her. Camille's there because he thinks Shar was tracking them down. Like, 
It's it's just a, a comedy of errors. It's really fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like like literally like stunned users. They're just drawing each other to each other. Exactly. Because of their fucking vibes. Yeah. And they end up they end up being fine. Um, they like make it back to the Argama, and Rosemary's just hanging with them now because I guess she has nowhere else to go. Fucking. There's this scene of, like, you know, Quattro is getting, or Char is getting out of the Hyakushiki, and, uh-huh. like, Camille is there, like, um, uh, Quattro, like, the, 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 the Colony 13 police need to talk to you, and Quattro's just like, mm, yeah, yeah. Like, they, they want, they want to ask you some, they want to ask you some questions. The, are you gonna be, you might be arrested. And Quattro's just like, yeah, no, it's, it's fine. Okay, it's fine. I'll get away with this one. I'll just go with him. Don't worry about yeah. it. It's fine. Yeah, he, he mentions he, like, bright talked to them. He knows that they know that, like, it was these rogue pilots who fucked it all up in the first place. So, like, he's just doing it as a formality, I guess. Yeah. He's got to go make the report to make the government happy so that they'll right, keep letting yeah. uh, the Arkham like, dock here and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. He's just so char mode in that he knows exactly what he can get away with in terms <laughs> of the law and his superiors and, like, doing what he wants to do and just doing like a fucking knife cat meme face <laughs> yeah. just yeah yeah and as he gets sort of let off he like tells emma he's like yo this girl rosami bad vibes hate him hate this girl's vibes yeah. and then he also notes that like his him sensing amro is actually sensing haman strange mm. curious i'm thinking about it yeah hmm it's yeah. you know what it's hard to tell your exes apart sometimes when you're only sensitive. Yeah, true, yeah, you know <laughs> when you when you have so many that as Quar Quar Char does <laughs> uh, combining uh, the two names of the same guy. Fucking oh, it, Chartro, me, Chartreuse, Chart Chartreuse, Chatro, yes. Chatro, Chatro. Oh, it's me, Chatro. Um, but yeah, like he's suspicious of Rosamia, but like he's too busy being arrested to do anything about it. So right, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, and that's that's sort of it. Yeah, yeah, we made it. Yeah, next next week the first episode is called Activation of Grips, which I'm sure is going to be normal and fine. Colin, how do you activate an almond? Um, you soak it. Uh, it does something. It like leaches a specific like acid protein out of it, uh, and that's that's why people do it. I don't think it. It's not important. You don't okay. need to activate Well, it'll almonds. be important next episode whenever Grips gets activated. And yeah, we'll see what kind of yeah. proteins get soaked out of it. <laughs> um, well, Colin, thank you for that bit of information. Um, I believe that you have a bit of more information for us this week. Hey, yeah. So, um, oh, man, this is coming out after the election. And I am uh, – I <laughs> – I am an environmental activist, uh, and, you know, the the last, uh, you know, sometimes you have to do some electoral work, and, uh, you know, the election's over, so I feel a little bit more free to kind of, like, talk about stuff more publicly, um, and, you know, even though I'm still technically on contract with this political action committee for another, like, couple of days, if they actually need me to be doing work. It means that things are going very, very badly in the country. So I don't think they're going to pay attention to a podcast about robots um, at this point, mm-hmm. at least. So uh, I wanted to talk to everybody about environmental justice um, because it's very uh, uh, kind of a big core of what uh, Char talks about 
especially the way that his kind of like ideology relates specifically to uh, the earth um, and and trying to limit like consumption and like overproduction on it uh, definitely like dovetails with a lot of really important um, uh, like political concepts that started to become a big focus of uh, the racial justice and environmentalist movement of the uh, early to mid 80s in America. Um, and basically the whole concept of environmental justice is an intersection of a bunch of different uh, kind of uh, activist ideologies to focus on one of the big material ways in which, uh, you know, uh, uh, traditionally marginalized communities in America are most often affected um, and, and, you know, basically made to be worse communities. And it's things like uh, black communities being more likely to have landfills built in them or to have uh, super highways plowed through them. Um, or how, uh, you know, in Canada, uh, I think it's, uh, I can't remember the exact number, but a majority of uh, uh, First Nations communities in Canada do not have safe drinking water. Um, it's the fact that, uh, you know, Flint, Michigan still has not had uh, the, uh, basically it's pipes fixed so that their water is safe to drink and use, uh, for human consumption. Um, and it's just a, a, a big movement that has, uh, really, you know, pointed out how, uh, uh, black and brown communities, uh, are usually the ones that take the brunt of, um, you know, societal infrastructure that can be very often like, uh, uh, like, it cause increased pollution and create uh, worse communities for these people to live in, which keeps them perpetually, you know, locked into cycles of poverty, cycles of bad health, um, you know, disenfranchisement, a lot of different things like that. Uh, a really uh, big example of that recently is the uh, the Atlantic uh, the Atlantic Coast Pipeline project. Uh, that was recently canceled, uh, had some really great things like it was going to build the pipeline directly through the center of town in a, um, uh, in the oldest freed slave community in the United States. Uh, and, uh, uh, one of the big things is in order for them to then take the fracked gas and oil that they were going to, you know, push through that pipeline, uh, the big thing they needed to do was they were going to export it to make a lot of money off of it. And in order to do that, uh, they needed to build a compressor station in a very specific part of Chesapeake, Virginia, that would have been in three, uh, traditionally black neighborhoods and right next to an elementary school. Uh, and thankfully that community was able to get the, uh, the state, corporation commission to kind of cancel that that specific compressor station which then you know caused the entire pipeline to get shut down which is just kind of shows like you know uh when these communities are brought together to like uh be able to voice the concerns about how these things are going to affect them personally on their day-to-day lives you can actually like uh you know um uh help people out and save these communities and that's kind of the big thrust of the environmental justice community Mm. um but it's also some other stuff um uh, kind of the the thing that I don't particularly like about Shar uh, in this instance is it's great that he is very pro environment and like kind of the uh, the big thrust of his ideology is this philosophical and spiritual ideal that people need to like leave Earth so that we can expand our consciousness, find peace, you know, help heal our surroundings and live in like a uh, a more kind of balanced way. Uh, but 
his ideology seems to always stay like on this like spiritual philosophical level Mm -hmm. and never really gets into his actual politics of how he's going to achieve that or how he thinks people should achieve that uh which is Mm -hmm. really really damning considering the fact that all the people that he hangs out it hangs out with an aug are like moon capitalists um so uh and this is kind of a thing that gundam will uh dip into a couple more times in really thoughtful and interesting ways uh in that you know uh char never really thinks about like you know um uh traditional african communities that are having their their you know ecosystems uh desertified and can and maybe don't just like you know uh don't just want to like pack up leave earth and move into space uh you know the of like really his attention is only focused on kind of like rich people and you know just getting as many people moved out to space as possible without ever really questioning like how we're going to make sure that these people's lives are materially better how we're going to make sure that their cultures aren't destroyed in the process uh and really important things like that um like a, a really big touchstone is uh you know with the whole 100 percent clean economy movement uh, a, a, a thorn in this whole thing is the fact that the Navajo Nation in America uh, inordinately has to rely on coal mining in order to keep their, their communities kind of like uh, fed and housed and keep, you know, the economy going in, in their areas. And so like the the easy like char environmentalist thing to say is to simply say we should stop using coal. We should move everybody into space or whatever. But unless you also mm-hmm. answer how you're going to take care of those communities uh who who also rely on that stuff or have just never truly been served by the by the powers that be to begin with, then you're going to end up in these cycles of of poverty and conflict and you're going to end up with a bunch of poor people in space who aren't being taken care of either and just kind of exist so that you know uh fucking people like wong can make money off of them or so that people like mm-hmm. melody hugh carbine mm-hmm. can continually throw them into wars to you know fund his his big mobile suit company or whatever um and so yeah i think this is a really important thing uh to keep in mind especially as we uh go into several more years of fraught uh, conflict uh definitely check out environmental uh justice uh stuff i recommend going to ejnet.org it's got a ton of um writings about the history of the movement and different theory and that kind of stuff uh and definitely touches on things like the way it intersects with institutional racism um and uh i think this is like especially with the green new deal and everything it's very very important that everybody is like aware of the environmental justice movement so that we make sure that we don't continually fall into holes uh which i think is a big part Mm. of gundam is the way that we continually forget about the ways that we fail people uh and yeah that's my segment uh happy politics everybody uh (laughs) thank you colin that was very very nice and thoughtful yeah it definitely it 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 it's a good sign that like you can sort of apply these kinds of politics to a show that was made 25 years ago yeah 35 years Mm. ago like it's good. Yeah. I also, I just want to say I did kind of, as, as you were doing your segment, I did kind of harken back to one Christian year ago and picture you doing it in your Quattro Regina cosplay. Um, <laughs> yes. But wearing, the, wearing the sweater or no? Yeah. Oh, yeah. In, that, the, in, the, the, in the sweater. Note. In the sweater. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, but no, no, no. Because like I do, like I look at Char and I'm like, Buddy, at the end of the day, you are an aristocrat. Mm-hmm. You are, you know, one of the Admiralty. 
and like at the end of the day like you're in command of people whose lives you have never personally experienced and like yeah you can empathize with that but you you have never been through the things that the people that you purport that you're trying to help and save have been through it's yeah, yeah. empathy only goes so far yeah it's like we can talk all day about how like Teddy Roosevelt inventing the national park system and like being a huge conservation uh, conservationist was like super important to a lot of things. And also it's really important to acknowledge that he was really, really, really racist, came from one right. of the like yeah, richest, yeah, 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 most yeah, yeah. powerful uh, families in the country and basically stole most of that land from from Native Americans. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> it's yikes. <laughs> Yeah it's, lo- yeah, it's it's like lo- you know, lots of people who are rich people and who do good things. They're pretty bad people. <laughs> yeah, war criminals. Yeah, uh, I will say you do have uh, uh, probably Double Zeta is the show that gets the most into like EJ adjacent themes, uh, and I Hell think yeah. you'll have a really great time with it when it gets there. <laughs> cool. Hmm. I can't wait. I feel I I, I like. This is this is good knowledge to have. It's good to be able to watch a show through a political lens and still like, you know, have a very good time watching it. Yeah, um, and not and not get mad or stressed out or feel a sense of dread. Uh, it's <laughs> November first today. <laughs> I, I am I am really looking forward to uh, November fourth, uh, putting my phone on mute and like doing something completely as just fucking popcorny as I can, like drinking drinking a cup of chamomile tea and locking off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I need to do it for a couple of days. Uh. Yeah, yo, oh yeah. Um, well, speaking of logging off, folks, that's about <laughs> it for us today. Um, how do we do this? Uh, I've been Max. You can find me on Twitter at MaxiBajillion. Got another other podcast. I'll let Sarah tell you about one of them. But the other is called Slappers Only. It's a video game music showdown podcast. We just put out a very spooky Halloween episode. Mm, and, uh, in which our, no our one next, gets roasted. <laughs> in which no one gets roasted. I forgot that happened. Uh, and our next episode will be a fun sort of Yakuza karaoke episode. So tune in for that. That's at slappersonlypod.com. Hmm. And Yakuza's at yakuzapod.com. Um, I'd remember this. Uh, the other podcast that Max does, which I also do, is called Pod of Greed, P-O-D of Greed. We have just finished Duel Monsters. We watched Dark Side of Dimensions. We have collectively gone to the afterlife to duel our 3,000-year-old dead boyfriends. It's good shit, everyone. Uh, it's the only movie ever made. Visit Pod of Greed cast on Twitter to find that. And me, personally, I'm Sarah. How you doing? You can find Hi, me Sarah. on Twitter everywhere at Sarah McCostumes. Uh, hopefully, I will also be uh, kind of redoing my website, which is sarahmcclintock.com, and maybe you can go by there and buy some products that will cost mm. a lot of money, but will be the best products you've ever seen in your life. Thank you. Yeah, it's wow, cool robot certified. Yeah, we got the, we got the stamp approval on this one. Yeah, yeah. So about it. Oh yeah, I guess yeah, never believe really it. Naruto rip in peace. Uh, Naruto head pour one out. Pour one out. Uh, yeah, Colin. Hi, what's up? My name's Colin. I do another show called Meta Watch. We did take a week off uh, just because uh, my co-host was having some health problems and I was stressed out from work. Uh, but uh, just, you know, uh, by the time this episode comes out, we will have another episode out as well. It's great. Um, we have our friend Sam on who is maybe the only person I know that has watched all of Metabots. So, wow. Uh, just like you're the only person that. we know that's watched Kylex Y. <laughs> Yes. Why? Yes, I'm very excited. I'm excited for there to be a Kyle XY podcast in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. On the Noise Biz Network. Shout out to the Noise Biz Network. This isn't the order we do the plugs in. Shit, never mind. 
Uh, it's, it's kind of right. But yeah, you can now find me uh, unlocked on Twitter at Pagetish. That's P-A-D-G-E-T-T-I-S-H. Um, which means that you now get you don't have to uh, you don't have to get a follower request to read such great tweets as um, I had Taco Bell the first time in six months and my body is incre- incredibly in- unhappy about it. Uh, or Taco um, could, could not be me. Or Jonathan 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 Rolkian. Uh, you know, just some real class A tweets out there. Uh, this is what you're missing out on, folks. I'm very excited to be able to retweet you again, Colin. Very good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, righteous yeah um and you can find this show on twitter at wow cool podcast uh where we don't really we don't do audience participation until the end of a series but you can see us tweet about episodes when they go live yeah you can see the fun we vegeta tweet that we mentioned in the episode if you go to our twitter <laughs> that, no i that won't sarah's gonna it. that sarah's gonna make me make me retweet <laughs> remind me in a week and i'll do it i promise um and you can find this show and many others on noisebase.xyz, which is a podcast network made by our good friend Matt, where you can find this show and many, many others, including a brand new a brand new podcast that just dropped today, which is called uh, Special Grade Snacks about Jujutsu Kaisen, which is a show, I think. I don't know anything about it, but it seems fun. <laughs> I it, 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 it's, by, it's by Queen of Podcasts, Sarah, and... Not and, me. And Ke- not not Sarah. Different Sarah. Sarah. I'm the monarch of, of podcasts. Um. And 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 known friend of Pigot and H Kip Circles K. Uh. uh Check them t- out. Tiggy Sarah. Tiggy Sarah. Okay. Yes. Tiggy Sarah. Um. And my final question to you, Colin. What's your robot of the week? Um. My robot of the week is. Uh, shout out to this program I use called Levelator, uh, which yeah! which auto levels all of uh, multi track stuff. It's great. I love to get all of my audio cleaned up and synced, and then just throw it in there so I don't have to worry about the volume levels at all. <laughs> Very good stuff. Can I say I never use Levelator because I never use, like I guess now since I like actively ask for like the highest quality AUG files it works better it works better for uncompressed files but like for a while I would use it and the files I would give it weren't high quality enough so it would just like sound like shit afterwards because it would get a little too compressed but thank you Levelator I'm yeah. saluting <laughs> thank you Levelator uh, Levelator saved my life when I was doing first pass editing for a uh, like a five track AP that was oh yeah. Oof. Um, uh, pour one out for Dungeons and Lesbians. Uh, what a good show. Uh, what a hard show to edit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it it do be like that. Six hosts on our Yu-Gi-Oh podcast. Oof, don't recommend it. (laughs) Fine. Uh, No sweat. No sweat. Anyway, it's time that we, um, we, we jump out of the hole that's in the colony. So as we say- Into space. Into space. As we say in the words of Shar Asnabil, who's here now, (laughs) war is bad. Wow! Cool robot.